welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Serial Sensei. We're on episode 103. Um, it is Sunday night, September the 23rd. I'm joined again uh, with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, off the top, because not that I could ever forget, but rest in peace, one kid Yamamoto. Um, yeah, no, that, that one hit hard. Yeah, I, I'll save that for a second, because I'll, right. I'll I'll have a little little mini speech. Yeah, cause that that definitely kind of like messed my day up. But um, before we get to that, on, on a lighter note. Um, well, before, got to get shameless plugs. You guys, of course, can always listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please like, subscribe and leave a review. You can also listen to us on Google Play. Send questions to dojotalkpodcast at yahoo.com. And you can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And shout outs to all of the Twitter uh, followers and all of the Tumblr fans. Appreciate you guys always for listening. Um, I'm in pretty good spirits. I'm on vacation from work, so that started on Friday. I have have two weeks of freedom to run around and, and do whatever I want for two weeks. Get in um, trouble. Yeah. Oh well, the the weather is not uh, lending itself for my plans, uh, but it's cool. I've, I've been going out, eating a lot, had myself a nice little uh, T-bone steak earlier today. Um, I also spilled my orange juice. <laughs> It was one of the most embarrassing things I think I've ever done. Like, I went out to eat with my little brother. You know, I always tell the little brother, like, hey, watch this, don't do that. You're going to spill this. And then I just spill my orange juice everywhere. Like, I went to, like, sit the cup down. And, like, it... I wasn't, like, looking at it while I was trying to sit it down. Because I was, like, trying to eat at the same time. And it, like... (laughs) It, like... It hit the side of the plate. And it just tipped over. And orange juice everywhere. Damn. I mean, at least you get that nice citrus smell. Yeah, you know, it wasn't too bad. And uh, the person in the booth across from me gave me some paper towels. So we, we got it cleaned up. It was, it, it was, it was fine. The food was good. That's all that mattered. Who cares about the orange juice? But <laughs> yeah, so that that happened. And uh, with me being on vacation, you guys will probably be hearing a lot from me. I've already written like two album reviews today. We got this podcast. Well, you guys will be listening to this, obviously, but um, I plan on putting out a lot of stuff while I'm on vacation. So I have nothing but time on my hands. So you'll you'll be hearing a lot from me. Um, top cities for the week: Bronx, New York, coming in at number one. Number two is it Ocala, Florida? I never know how to pronounce this. Where? O C A L A, Florida. O-C-A-L-A. That's what it sounds like, Ocala. Yeah, we'll say Ocala. We'll, we'll, we'll say that. Uh, Los Angeles, California. Uh, Newark, New Jersey. And coming in at number five, Mountain View, California. 
So shout out to you guys for the listens. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. Um, so yeah, before we get into news and notes, uh, we'll, we'll we'll start off on a somber note, and uh, yeah. So I, I think we mentioned it last podcast that it had broke that K Yamamoto had cancer. Yeah. And like not even like two days. It was a couple of days after we recorded that. Um, I I think I like randomly woke up in the middle of the night, and I just happened to like check my Twitter feed, and I saw it at like four in the morning that he had passed, and he apparently had, um, I think he had stomach cancer. Yes. Um. Yeah. For two years. Yeah. So yeah, he's actually been battling this for a while, but like the you know just now, um. You know, he just not like kind of put it out there, and then, yeah, unfortunately, man, he he passed. Um, I, I'll say it was it was great to see like the outpouring, you know, just of of love and everybody who had been fans. I saw um, a lot of people post stories. Um, uh, B.J. Penn had uh, made a post about him because apparently he was uh, making trips over to uh, drawing a blank, but he he made he made a nice post about him. That's more of the story. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of people I saw just showing love, showing respect. Um, it, it definitely kind of just messed my day up. A kid was, for me, one of those guys that, like, literally when I first started getting into MMA, and this is, like, back in the early days when I didn't even really know people's names. I just, <laughs> I was just watching fights. They just kind of just watch fights. And I didn't really know all was what was going on. But a lot of the earlier fighters that I watched were the Japanese fighters, because I I don't know those those guys were just awesome, <laughs> and every time any time I, I you know got a chance to watch one of them fight, I, I I watched and I was always thoroughly entertained, and Kid was one of those guys way back when like before this sport was super popular before it was all over TV and. No, now about to be on ESPN and all that kind of stuff. Like he was one of those guys who I've been watching for a long time, and it was always crazy to watch him fight. Man, he he fought at at lightweight, but really realistically, he probably was like a I would say probably like a bantamweight, <laughs> maybe even a flyweight. But those divisions didn't exist back then. So you got this guy who's probably fighting a weight class or two above his natural weight and he's just flatlining <laughs> he's just flatlining dudes that are way bigger than he is um yeah man this i i, I loved watching kid fight um i saw a lot of people who were, were, were doing their homework uh maybe people who did not uh watch kid back then um if you did not get a chance to see kid in his prime years um dude was had actually had a wrestling background, but did did a lot of standing and banging and and sending people <laughs> to, to the nether realm with his hands. Um, yeah, if you if you never got a chance to watch Kid fight, um, lots of signature moments, man. Uh, of course, the the four second flying knee is probably one of his most famous highlights. Um, the Hoyler Gracie KO, the Caleb Mitchell KO. Um, he had a, a good scrap with uh, Ronnie Yaha. He had a, a good fight with um, uh, Bibiano yeah. uh, Fernandez. 
Um, he fought Genki Sudo. He has a, a nice laundry list of fights. Um, he fought Masato and knocked him down in kickboxing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like this, and, and that fight it, by its, it, like, it, it, it was watched by like a third of the population of Japan. Literally a third. It was like 35, 34 million people. Yeah, this dude was. It, it was it, it was kind of bittersweet seeing him in the UFC because you I was a big fan, but you kind of knew like his prime years had kind of passed, and I just always envisioned. And I didn't I didn't know this when I, obviously when he passed, man. I I just went back and just started watching a lot of his fights just to reminisce all that good stuff. Um, I didn't know that at one point he was supposed to have fought uh, Joseph Benavides. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. And I that wanna, fight, I want to say that was going to be his first fight in the UFC, or not uh, the WEC or the UFC? No, the UFC. Yeah, no, no, I think it was WEC. Oh, so really? I think it was WEC. Yeah, it was before the UFC, and that fight got scrapped, and then he ended up fighting. Um, I uh, no, he was supposed to fight in Dream Five against Joseph Benavidez, but the bout was called off three days before the event because of a knee injury that Kid suffered. Yeah, and I think his next fight after that was like I think it was like Kiko Lopez. It was Joe Warren. Okay, it was Joe Warren. Yeah, that that, that, that that's the knee injury that took Prime Kid away. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and then at that time, the Joe Warren was like a really big upset because um, Joe Warren was I think relatively new to the scene because that was a he lost a split decision. Um, to the, I, in that fight. You do that? Yeah, that win launched um, Joe Warren's career. Yeah, but I mean, in in hindsight. You know, Joe Warren became Joe Warren, right? So, <laughs> you know, regardless of how you feel for him or feel about him, Warren had a, a really great career um, and turned out to be a really, really talented fighter. But yeah, man, Kid was just a really super athletic, crazy, explosive, always entertaining, and like I said, for it's crazy to think that at a point in time, the lighter weight classes did not get as much love as they do now. Well, at least here. Well, yeah, yeah. At least here they didn't. But he he was an early pioneer. He was an early face to put for the lighter weight classes. Like when you thought of like 155 and you know the the, the little guys, quote unquote. Like he's one of those faces that you you think of. And literally, if you ask a lot of the you know people who are bantamweights, featherweights now, who they looked up to when they were first fighting, a lot of them will name Kid as an influence because he was just Dude. one of those guys. That's just yeah, yeah. I want to know like how, just like how influential and big like Kid was in the sport when the UFC officially absorbed um, the WC uh, bantamweight and featherweight roster. Who was the first fighter Dana White came out and said, "I want to sign that guy." Not not just that, he came to the presser with a Fight magazine cover. <laughs> With Kid Yamamoto's face on it, he's like, I want that guy. Like, yeah. it, it sucks that, like, that that, that, in, that knee injury he suffered before the Benavides fight basically ruined his career. Yeah. He was never the same again after that. He won one fight. Um, like, yeah, 10 years ago, like, a knee injury would, it was really a, a career ender. Yeah. Unless you were like at the very, very high end of the earning scale, 
and even then it was like a, like nowadays like dudes bounce back from knee injuries all the time but that yeah yeah we we lost a great one that's it, it sucks and i, I saw the uh, ah man uh, it, it hurt me so bad but it was kind of awesome to see there was an interview i saw this was way back in like 2000 i think 11 and he was telling people in 2011 2012 that Kyoji Horiguchi was going to be that next guy like there, there's a there's an interview of him i don't remember who did the interview but um yeah like he was just giving Horiguchi props and this was like a super young. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> this was back when uh, he, I remember this because um, this was back when I was posting a shirt dog. Some dude who trained at eight, uh, not AT and T. Um, what's the shit? Alliance. Kid was training for uh, his UFC debut over at Alliance, and the dude was talking about, oh yeah, he brought this young kid with him. He's like a teenager, and he, he, like for his warm up, he just sat there and cranked out like two hundred push ups in a minute. <laughs> and that was Kyoji Horiguchi. Man, and now look at what Horiguchi's doing now. Like, ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, for like, um, Mayu Yamaguchi and uh, Kyoji Horiguchi have a fight coming up um, this Sunday. Uh, if you listen to it, you know, immediately if this episode, the day it comes out, um, September thirtieth. I can't even imagine like the feel, like the feeling, like just the feelings and what they're like, where their minds are at. Yeah, that's that's gonna be rough. Like Mayu is fighting a woman who already beat her, I think. Um, Koroguchi is going into kickboxing and fighting Tenshin Nasakawa, like, and then and to have this just on your mind the entire time has to. Wow. Yeah. Man, it, it, it uh, yeah, that's that's words can't even describe, but um, yeah, man, rest in peace, kid Yamamoto. Like that, this one really, really, really stung. But if you, if you guys, if, if you aren't familiar, man, uh, a, lot, a lot of his fights are on YouTube. Um, go watch uh, his fights in Shudo, his fights in Dream. Um, like I said, Hoyler Gracie KO, the flying knee. Uh, all, all, all of his his best work is is pretty much on YouTube. So if if you weren't familiar with him, I would definitely encourage you to go back and just <laughs> just watch how just crazy talented and explosive this guy was, and just how he was literal one one punch knockout power for a guy his size. It's fighting dudes who are pretty bigger than him. Twenty he, thirty pounds bigger than him. <laughs> right, and he is. He is knocking heads off like it's nothing. Um, like, yeah, I can't stress this enough. He fought um, like Masato with his second kickboxing fight ever. <laughs> He's one of the best lightweight light kickboxers of all time. And Kid managed to put him down in the first round. Yeah, man. Uh, like Masato eventually came back and won the fight, but nobody remembers that. They just remember Kid putting him <laughs> on his ass. Dude, dude was a, a warrior in every sense of the word, man. And I just, there's a part of me just like an alternate reality. Like, man, if he could have been in the WEC and that knee injury would have never happened and we could have got like. Dude, that's what, one of the greatest fights that never happened. Kid Yamamoto, you're right, Faber. Faber, yep. Could have got Kid and Faber. That, ah. 
Oh man. Kid yeah. Aldo. Kid uh, Aldo. Kid Kid that whole like Bantamweight <laughs> division that they had. Bantamweight flower, uh, featherweight. Yeah. He he could have been in all of those. Dude, kid, um, kid Prime Kid versus Dominic Cruz. It's crazy, like people just forget that he could wrestle because he was so busy just flatlining people, but dude dude was a really good wrestler. Dude was a wrestler at first, like Yeah. When when he um when he eventually left Shudo, like, like for a good while, his bread and butter was literally just putting guys on the mat and then beating the ever living shit out of them from the top. Oh, I, God, I cannot remember the guy he fought. There was a KO. He had, <laughs> he took the dude down. I think he was like back against like the ropes, and he unleashes just some. It looks like heavyweight ground and pound. Like, <laughs> a guy his size should not have been able to generate, like, that much force. Yeah. No. Yeah, he, dude, dude was unreal. Yeah. He he, he he was a special talent, man. But, yeah, man. R.I.P. Kid Yamamoto. Um, yeah, if, if you guys aren't familiar, just go 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 do some Googles. Go, go watch some YouTube videos and just watch <laughs> watch him just send people. To, to, to the next world uh, with, with, with the power that he had. But, yeah, awesome fighter, man. Really, really going to miss that guy. But, all right, now, now that we got that out the way, uh, we'll move on to news, uh, notes, uh, things that happen. So I'm going to blaze through these real quick, and then we're going to come back to one that we just have to talk about. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to skip that one. I'm not even going to... I'll save that for last. I'll just skip over it. All right. But um, other news and notes and uh, fight announcements that have happened. Uh, one of the big ones, uh, Joanna Janjacek and Valentina Shevchenko will be meeting at UFC 231 for the vacant flyweight title. Um, Alright, so my notes are kind of mixed, so I apologize, guys. It's going to be kind of all over the place. <laughs> but that'll be going down uh, KSW flyweight champ uh, Ariane Lipsky uh, will be making yeah will be making her octagon debut at UFC Fight Night Buenos Aires uh, as a replacement for Veronica Macedo. She will be fighting uh, Marina Morose. Um, at UFC 229, we have Vicente Luque and Jalen Turner. Um, in injury news, uh, Tyron Woodley will be out for eight to twelve weeks due to a hand surgery. Uh, Gokan Saki verbally wants to fight Mark Hunt and what I presume would be Mark Hunt's retirement fight. It would not be his retirement fight. It would be his last fight in the UFC. Uh, okay. he, will, he would probably just go back to Japan. That is true. Yeah. At UFC Adelaide. And if people are thinking, why would Saki fight Mark Hunt, who's a heavyweight? Um, if you know Saki's combat career and glory, he was always a small heavyweight. And he always fought dudes who were considerably bigger than him. I just want Saki to come out and hit a takedown. <laughs> Saki via via triangle, <laughs> top side triangle. Right, <laughs> but we'll, we'll we'll see if that happens. That that I would be awesome. I wouldn't be mad at that fight. Uh, Greg Hardy's back, uh, fighting Ray Jones at Extreme Fight Night three fifty three in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, this will be streamed on UFC Fight Pass if Whack. you care to watch. But you know. Whack. Yeah. And Bellator news. Chitty Enj Kawani and Melvin Manhoof uh, will be headlining Bellator 210. Uh, also in Bellator news, Alexander Slomenko will be taking on Anatoly uh, Tokov at Bellator 208. On the Bellator Hawaii card, we have King Mo versus Liam McGeary. Did those two fight already? 
It feels like a fight that's happened. I feel like it did too. Like King Mo's fought basically every like heavyweight that's not in the UFC at this point. Right. <laughs> I feel like that happened. I can't remember. But either way, that that'll be going down on the Hawaii card. Um, Eric Perez will be taking on John Castaneda and come back to America, uh, Mexico versus USA on October 13th. Um, and in boxing news, the big one: Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, December 1st, shenanigans, shenanigans. <laughs> that was gonna be in LA. Oh, the Deontay. Yes. Like I can't. Oh my god. Just. I can't. Like the, this. The, this presser or. Whatever media they do is going to be a mess. It's going to be a horrific. Like, for for those who don't know Tyson Fury, he, he is. What's a nice way to put this? Got batshit insane. <laughs> like, like I I don't even know where to begin with like the anti-Semitic shit he says. The homophobic shit he says, the wild conspiracy theories he throws out on Twitter when he's like high on cocaine, or or the fact that he dressed up as Batman when he <laughs> and fought a make believe Joker at his press conference for the Vladimir Klitschko fight. Oh man, I did not know that. That is, hold on, let me. Do some Googles. <laughs> it is quite literally, or, or or the fact that he was like Doctor Fucking Eggman. <laughs> That's the costume we need. All oh, this Batman is crazy. <laughs> what? Oh, this guy is out of control. Like I have a photo of him hopping the desk, and you can see his promotion. Yeah, I'm looking at the still. <laughs> you can see Adam Smith just right there. He's just like, "What the fuck is happening?" And then you look down the you look down the bench, and there's like, um, what is that? Uh, Rory. And he's just like, "Oh my god!" Uh, like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> this is out of control. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that that fight is gonna be um. This is this is like a fight that could only happen at heavyweight. Right. <laughs> These are personalities that can only survive in the most ab- the absurd division in combat sports. And it's like because it's heavyweight, like it's it's pure shenanigans. But you just kind of accept it because like this is heavyweight. This is what th- this, this is <laughs> this, this is what, what happens, happens when you hit like a freaking train. Yeah, you you can just you can just do stuff like this. But like, man, I can't yeah, Porter or like Danny Garcia showing up to a fucking presser in a Batman costume. Him jumping over the desk. And then, <laughs> and then jumping over the desk to beat up his training partner. <laughs> oh, man. I, like, I, I would hate me to have a fucking heart attack. Oh, man. <laughs> I, should, I should use that as, like, the picture for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that picture, that is, uh, that is that is some that's some work. That is <laughs> But uh yeah, December first, man, mark your calendars. <laughs> Bit of an update. Um that McGeary fight never happened. It was supposed to happen last October. But um King Mo got hurt. Ah, okay. Actually, shout out to uh Lima Lay McFarlane who has uh a day named after her. 
which I think is going to be the day of that card. But dude, she's been killing it. Like you follow her on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Like she is is all over the place in Hawaii trying to sell this fight. She's on like she was on the big news station there. Um, she went to the University of Hawaii's like opening football game and was just like throwing out t-shirts at the crowd. Like she she is like on all the radio stations and she's really actually trying to sell the fight. So props to her. Yeah, yeah man. Props to her. And that should be a fun fight, too, her, her and the tournament. That should be, should be an interesting scrap. Um, all right, before we get to the big one, uh, you want to throw any thoughts on Joanna and Valentina? Any, uh, any predictions? Valentina by um, uh, dull-ish wrestling. Clinch fighting. Dull-ish clinch fighting. Yeah, I have a nagging suspicion that this fight is not going to go the way we hope it will. I mean, I, I, this is... I'm fine with it, if, like, because it's, it's a fight between, like, two high-level fighters. I know what I'm getting into. And if they overperform, it, 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 um, you know... It makes it that much better. It makes it that much better. Yeah. But, like, I, I'm not going into this with, like, it is exactly how uh, how I went into the Floyd-Pacquiao fight, the first one, now that we're getting a second one. I was just like, okay... I know what this fight's gonna be. I'm gonna try and enjoy it for what it is. And I'm not gonna come in with any notions of like, okay, this is gonna be an all-out war. Just non-stop action. Like, I'm, I know what this is. I know I, I know these fighters. I know, I've seen them fight before. It, but in all fairness, um, something, that did, something that a lot of people don't talk about when they talk about the first three fights they had in Muay Thai... Valentina Shevchenko was well into her career, and like Joanna and Jacek was basically just starting out. But she she had been in the game for a little bit, but she was she was not like she she was nowhere near as um what you call it, as experienced. So just something to keep in mind. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Joanna in a really close. I think it'll be one of those fights that, like, there'll be small spurts of violence here and there, but it won't be violent all the way throughout. And you want to ekes out a split decision, <clears throat> and we probably end up with, like, a trilogy <laughs> out of this fight somehow. And that's um, just what this division needs to kick it off until yeah. somebody comes along and, you know, who actually can hang with, like, Joanna and Valentina. Uh, Poor Nico, she's probably never gonna get a title shot ever again. Probably not. She might never fight in the UFC ever again. Yeah. <laughs> that that fight that that'll that'll be fun. That definitely one to to mark on the calendar. All right, time to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> oh, when I saw this flash across my screen, this is <laughs> Johnny. John Johnny's back. Uh. Mr. Bones, Mr. John Jones is uh Johnny Bones is home. Yeah, he's he's here. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so when the news bro broke, I wasn't exactly surprised, but when the all the extra information started coming out about why his suspension got uh got cut. I, I laughed for like 30 minutes straight, just nonstop, <laughs> and I, I, like, I was literally in tears, I'm not kidding. Yeah, this, this, 
this was so crazy that I wasn't even mad at it. So if you if you guys don't know, I'm pretty sure you do. But in case you don't, uh, Jones is is all but officially back. Um, he can pretty much resume fighting as of October 28th, which conveniently would give him a slot to get in on UFC 230. If there happens to be a secret fight lined up that we don't know about. Um, <laughs> so, from what I've gathered and, and seen about uh, his hearing. So, his sentence was reduced by like 15 months. Something, something wild like that. So, it was originally cut to 18 months. Um, but I, I, I don't know what. It was cut to like 18 months. Something happened and it was cut to 15 months. So that conveniently, he, he would be available for uh, UFC 230. Yeah. So, the the arbitrator, who I, I guess is some third party independent person, I guess, uh, apparently said that they don't believe that Jones was quote unquote intentionally cheating. Um, so I, I guess that factored into his sentence being sentence being reduced. And then, <laughs> was there also, is the snitching thing true? I think that's a part of his, uh... So, USADA does have a, um, a, a, a um, it's not called stipulation, uh, like a bylaw, where if you help the, um, if you do help USADA to catch other users or distributors, and it leads to a, um, a case... They will lower your sentence. As far as I know, the only the only the only evidence we have is a piece of um. Uh, I don't know if it was a statement or if it was like a, a um, like an official record that somebody managed to get their hands on. But they did say that John Jones was showing compliance with you uh, with Usada. On, a, on certain matters, non non specific matters, as far as I can tell. But the way the way it comes across is John Jones basically snitched on somebody <laughs> to get his sentence reduced. <laughs> oh man! Uh, <laughs> If he is indeed snitching on people, I'm waiting to see the aftermath. Okay. I want I want to see who's going down. Uh, uh, I have the article, the USADA article right here. So it's Article 10611. Uh, 10, Mr. Jones is under continuing duty of cooperation in relation to his, substa- uh, his substantial assistance and USADA, reser- uh, USADA reserves the right in USADA's sole discretion to reinstate any part of his 30-month uh, reduction in the event that Mr. Jones fails to can cooperate and or to provide uh, the complete incredible substantial assistance upon which the suspension of a part of his period of ineligibility is based. So, uh, USADA, USADA 10 6 one, one. But if this is true, if this is true, <laughs> it basically means John Jones is the first fighter to ever use the stipulation <laughs> to, get, to, to reduce his sentence. 
Hey man, he's he's adding to his historic. <laughs> his so historic wait, I'm, I'm looking at it now. This is indeed the snitch clause. Oh yeah. So. So. Rashad was right. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, J- Jones said it himself in one of those interviews. He said, "I I was the guy in school who who told on the people who smoked weed or whatever." Despite the fact that John Jones was probably like doing cocaine right next to them, yeah, he, he was definitely in the he he was in the circle. But yeah, man, so uh, uh, somebody's going down. <laughs> so, <laughs> in all fairness, it might not be another fighter. It could be just the dude who is pushing the drugs. I, I'd imagine it's. But I, I don't know if you saw like he he's sponsored by like one of those nutritional companies or something. And uh, those those guys will look pretty. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to throw accusations, but you know, I I can only go by what my eyes are showing me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying, man. There are only so many reps you can do to the in, in the gym before we start using alternative methods. You gotta get those but, extra rep in, reps in. <laughs> yeah, but, um. So that that's the thing, yeah. A lot of people were were I, I saw on Twitter were were outraged, quote unquote. But listen, man, like when you are a star, yeah, this this happens. Well, it's not even that. Let's, let's let's be real here. Um, like John Jones is never going to be suspended for thirty months. Are you are you are you out your fucking mind? All right. Like <laughs> John Jones could murder a man, and the UFC would let him back in the day after he got out of jail. Uh, and I was gonna say like this isn't shocking to me at all because as as somebody who's just a sports fan in general, like you see this like I'm I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. You know how many criminals we <laughs> we've had in our organization, dude, who were more than welcome to come back like multiple times. Shouts to Greg Hardy. Like Greg Hardy. <laughs> you do. Greg, Greg Hardy got Greg Hardy got all but sentenced. He, like the only reason he is not in jail is because his ex his ex girlfriend didn't show up in court. And the Dallas Cowboys took him back for another full season. Yeah, like, <laughs> like this 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 is just one of those things in sports that like it it unfortunately it is what it is like. Dudes who have that kind of pull can just, unfortunately, they can just kind of walk on water. Like, <laughs> well, that and just like you, you can, like, there was some stuff with. Like, I'm not trying to like. There was some weird stuff with Jones, not so much with his tests, but with like the the drug he tested positive for. If I remember right, it's like a weird drug, like. It was a test. Was it a testosterone blocker? I think, or or um, estrogen blocker. I, I think it was like a testosterone blocker. Um, yeah, something like that. But it, it's weird. Like there's there's evidence that it shows up in things it's not supposed to be in, like like we said, like nutritional stuff, um, which is an excuse. You're supposed to get that shit tested, you know, beforehand. And Jones knows that because this is the second time it's happened to him. But like there, there is so, like there's some weird science stuff that I read back when this came out that I don't remember, and it was just okay. There is a chance that this was on purpose, yeah. which I guess counts for something. Like you need motive, you you need to be actively cheating. 
And even and even I said I did it on our, our hot take on our mailbag episode that even I thought it was weird that like he passed his pre-fight one and then like two days later he fails the. Well, I I never I I never looked into this um because the the drug he tested positive for only shows up in blood tests. Like it, if you like if you pee in a cup it won't show up in it. Nah, so yeah, we don't know if the pre-fight one was a. So I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I, like I'm thinking they, they're not drawing blood like the day before a fight. Fight, yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I don't know like what the timetable is for all that type of stuff, because from what I remember, Usada is supposed to be doing blood tests. Like I'm not sure if they're doing it like the day after the fight, or like they're going up to the guy after the fight and they're like oh, already cut open and just like scooping it off his face or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. But. Either way, man, it uh, none none of you guys should be surprised. We we this sport is we we've seen what it's kind of spiraling into. This this isn't the least bit surprising. Whether it's right or wrong, who who knows? I mean, let's be real. Drug testing is not. No one cares. No one really cares. Like, look at the, the freaking WADA just reinstated Russia back into like international competition. With like for no reason. <laughs> oh man, well, so I, so I have, I have two questions, and one of these I stole from Twitter. And I don't remember who posted, so I can't give you credit. I'm sorry. <laughs> two 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 questions. First question is, uh, how long is Bones back before another incident happens and we lose him again for some unspecified amount of time? Oh. And in in that small window that we may have him back, who who do we want to see him fight? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm gonna give it till 2019. I don't know when in 2019, but John Jones will do something stupid and be back in the hot seat by the end of the year. I, while he's back, I would love to see him fight Gus again because apparently John Jones doesn't want to move up, or should I say Daniel Cormier doesn't want to fight him anymore. Um, so. Yeah, if he's going to be back, he's going to be back for a short time. I'd like to see him fight Gus. Um, I'd like to see him fight Stipe. Um, if he wants to go up to heavyweight, um, I, I'd love to see him fight Volkov just for the hell of it. <laughs> because that'd be funny. <laughs> so, like, John Jones, for the first time in his career, fights somebody who's just taller than him. Oh, man. Um... I mean, I'd love to see him fight Yoel Romero. Give me that. Should they just give him freak fights? Like, like squeeze all of the freak fights out of him that you can before he I mean, crashes like, another car? Or... Like the only freak fight at those weights is, like, Lesnar, and he already has his... He's fighting for the title, so... Like, who do, who do you give him? Like, they got rid of Chuck, so they can't do that. And they had heat. Lord. Lord, <laughs> thank God Chuck got away. Yes, well, if Chuck wins, they can run it back. <laughs> Their argument could be that Tito fought for the Bellator light heavyweight title like two years ago, and Chuck oh, beat him, so, so he's fine. Oh boy, yeah, I, I every time I, want I think of fight. Chuck, I think of like that vi- that video you sent me. Or was it? That's you don't, was the it pads? The the one of him hitting the pads. Oh my god! I I, I want to believe that that was just <laughs> like they just threw that out there to make him think, make us think he can't 
like go anymore. I, I don't think Chuck has like the mental capacity to do that anymore. But all, that, all the brain damage, like I don't think he's I don't think he's that clever anymore. Guys, if you didn't see that clip, like he threw he threw the oldest kick. Dude, like, dude there are geriatrics who I used to train with. Who were throw who, who threw more fluid kicks and punches than Chuck Liddell did in that Jay Glazer clip? He had to use all of his old man strength, every fiber of his body, to get his leg to lift like three inches off the ground. It it was <laughs> it was something. But yeah, I want to see Jones. If Jones can fight Gus again, at that point, I'm just content with anything else after that. As long as he fights Gus again, I don't care what happens after that. Give me my Gus fight. And I will shut up and be quiet. John Jones versus Francis Ngannou. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> you know what though? I have a nagging suspicion. Let's say Jones come back, fights Gus, maybe maybe wins. Um, boy, you you, if 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 by some miracle Brock Lesnar beats DC. You know they're doing Jones Lesnar. Oh yeah, that's that's not a question. They were going to do Jones Lesnar this year, but John, uh, Lesnar popped at UFC 200, so yeah. they had to wait. <laughs> so the, just just keep that fight, you guys, in the back of your mind. If Jones manages to keep his nose clean, no pun intended. Um, uh, that was totally on purpose. <laughs> for like the next two years. That that is a potential fight. Yeah, I feel like even if if Lesnar loses, that could still end up being a thing. I don't think cocaine is a performance enhancing drug. I mean, it is. Don't get me wrong. Like if you if you've ever seen the cokehead, you know that what they're capable of. But <laughs> like I, I don't think Usada is gonna bust him unless he's like wa- unless he just snorts a line like while he's walking to the cage. <laughs> so it should be fine. Oh, I hope. But in, in in all seriousness, I hope this dude can stay clean. But I'm not gonna get my hopes up at all. Like I said, get, give me the Gus fight, and if you want to go crash another car or fail another test after that, be my guest. But just just give me the Gus fight. That's all I want. Please don't crash uh, into another person, though. Huh? Please don't crash into another person, though. Yeah, it, you know, hit like a light pole or something. Another telephone pole. Yeah, don't hit anybody else. We'll see. I, I do. I do. I do love watching Jones fight, though. So, like, part of me is really excited because I, I do just. I really love watching this guy fight, but he's such a screw up that it's just the moments are so bittersweet. Like, I I remember the the Cormier fight. Like, I went to a fight party and we were screaming when Jones landed the head kick, and it was a really good time. But then that moment just sits in after that fight, and you're like, is he gonna pop? Or something after this. And is he going to fucking just, like, plow his car through, like, the Albuquerque <laughs> Police Department building? Right. <laughs> so it was like, watching Jones fight is so... Literally just one of the most talented dudes I've ever seen. But you just, in the back of your mind, just like, when am I going to get that headline? And he just screws up again. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, like, I, I don't want to bet on people's misfortune or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm almost convinced we're gonna get like a one day wake up to like a like a Tiger Woods type story, where he got chased out of his own house by his wife. <laughs> and he just ran into like a fire hydrant like at the end of his <laughs> Jones, please. And and that's that that starts to like the, the the complete spiraling of Jones' career. He never wins a fight again. 
He, he starts losing. He has to fight in, like, gladiator fight. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if John Jones ends up in Bellator, I don't know if I'm watching MMA anymore. <laughs> if I see John Jones versus Liam McGeary, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, John Jones is, like, the opener for, like, Brent Primus. <laughs> oh, man. But, Jones, man, please, 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 just... Train, fight, and go home. That's all you... <laughs> please. Please. Train, fight, go home. Don't do not do anything else. Go pick up a hobby that isn't like... Alright, learn like how to play chess or... I don't know. Go play paintball. No, that's too violent. He'll find a way to get in trouble with that. At least, at least it's not parting his ass off. Become a gamer. Play Minecraft or something. I don't know. Just get. He just never shows up. It's <laughs> a fight because he's just stuck playing Minecraft. Yeah. I'll take that over you crashing up to a pole. Oh man, but yeah, John Jones is back. Um, watch out. Some something we'll we'll we'll, we'll see. I'm I'm convinced he'll be at UFC 230 despite what Dana's saying. But you know, I mean, we'll keep an eye on that. <laughs> Oh my god! Like I just want them to keep it a surprise. Don't tell nobody what the main event is. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's that's all the news and notes. Um, Batista versus John Jones. No, 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 no. Hey, Batista I, I, has I, a I, winning record on like CM Punk. I, I saw the Batista. What was that? Was, was that Lucero? Yes. Oh boy, that was that was a rough one. That was a, that was a CSC <laughs> classic. <laughs> that was a hard fight. I'm sorry, a CES classic, much in the same vein as uh, Kimbo Slice vs. Ray Mercer. Oh, oh, that was Cage Fury. I did not know Batista was in CES. I didn't know that was a CES card. That I think that's the card that got them eventually on like ASX or AXS TV access. God, well, well, we'll monitor all of these situations. Um. Yeah, this is gonna be a fun podcast. We got a lot to talk about. If that was just started. News. right. <laughs> that was that was just news. Um, we got a lot of fights to go into. Um, so since I'm the only one who saw this, I will briefly run through one championship conquest of heroes. I won't spend a ton on here. Um, but uh, that card went down on uh, that was really really early Saturday morning. Um, I actually like literally woke up and got the notification and just started watching while I was laying in bed. Um, uh, that car was headlined by Joshua Paceo, uh taking on Naito uh, Yoshitaka for the strawweight uh, championship. <laughs> Ironically, the main event is the fight I actually missed on this card. <laughs> but uh, congrats to Paceo, who is now the new champ. Uh, he won via unanimous decision, uh, went all five rounds. Uh, also on the card, we had uh, Yu Wenpeng versus uh, Stefer Rahardian, if I'm saying that correct. Um, Yu Wenpeng won by decision. Uh, a fight that I was excited to see, uh, Ratang Jit Moingyan, I'm probably pronouncing that all wrong, uh, in the one kickboxing fight that was on this card, took on Sergio Wilson. Um, if you don't know Ratang, this was the gentleman who fought tension. Uh, and what I believe is one of the best fights this year. He came into one. He he gave Sergio uh, what we call the business. He gave him one of the meanest stanky legs I've ever seen. 
Um, dude, dude is a savage, <laughs> like an, an absolute uh, savage. And I like that one puts on like these Muay Thai uh, bouts. So they're always pretty fun to watch. So shout out to Rod Tang, man. Go go watch that fight if you haven't. That that dude is a f phenomenal fighter. Um, uh, Danny uh, King God and Yuya Wakamatsu had a pretty awesome fight. Uh, King God won by decision. And uh, Timothy, uh, I didn't, I'm really mad I did not get a chance to watch this fight. But, uh, man, apologize, I'm going to butcher both these names. Saigid Gusian Arslaniev and Timothy uh, Natchukin. Uh, Timothy caught some hands uh, in round one and got uh, KO'd for his uh, troubles, unfortunately. Um, but... <laughs> Another cold knockout on this card, man. Uh, Kiyomi Matsushima and Marat Gafarov. If you watch one, you know Gafarov is pretty much like a staple in one. Uh, he's been one of their best fighters, I would say, for the, the past few years, at least that I've seen. Um, I want to say this was Matsushima's like debut. And Gafarov uh, rushed in for a takedown, and he ate. I, I can't remember if it was an uppercut. The, either way, he got put to sleep. It was very reminiscent of his loss to uh to win. Um, <laughs> shout outs to Matsushima. That's that's a great win for a debut against pretty much like one of one's like elite fighters, and he knocked him out cold. Um, other fights on this card I did not get a chance to watch, but uh, just wanted to give it notice. It was definitely worth watching. And if you guys don't have the one championship at Download it. It's awesome. You can watch the cards for free, um, and they you know post fights periodically here and there. So download that app if you haven't. Go watch that card. Go watch that fight. Pretty awesome. Um, all right. Do we want to go with the Joshua fight first, and then we'll go to Bellator? Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I'll let I'll let you handle the, the Joshua since you're the you're the boxing aficionado out of us. That 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 is a. Uh, that is wrongly applied title. Um, <laughs> God, because like this and the glove kick fight uh, were like the first fights I've watched, the boxing matches I've watched all summer. <clears throat> Just haven't had the time. Um, but yeah, no, jo the Joshua fight. Um, fun competitive fight. Um, actually, a lot of people had Pavetkin up rounds uh, when, I, when I was on Twitter last night. I think Joey had him up too um, when uh, before he eventually got caught. Uh, with a really short right hand, like from the chamber, uh, just, literally just a flick of the wrist right hand that rocked him, put um put him on like skates. Joshua pounces, hits him some with a left hook that just completely separates him from like reality. Puts him on the ground. Um, he gets up because he's tough as. Uh, which, by the way, he gets up. He, he gets knocked down the corner in the seventh round. His cornerman. Reached through the ropes and tried to push him up, so he'll stand up. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Which is completely illegal. <laughs> but it reminded me of um. Do you remember the uh the fourth Juan Mar uh, Manuel Marquez and Manny Pacquiao fight? Is that the one where Manny does? Yes. Oh lord. If you yeah. if you look at any stills of that of that uh photo uh, that photo where um. That, that fight where, where Pacquiao's like laying face down after he's been knocked out, you'll see an elderly white man 
at ringside try to give him his energy through his hands so that he can rise up and continue fighting. You ain't saving him from that one, bro. But, but that's what Povetkin's cornerman reminded me of. Um, to their credit, though, once he got up and uh, Joshua just you know battered him um, immediately after the, 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 the nine count, uh, the eight count, my bad, um, they, they were right up on the apron telling the referee to stop the fight. Um, good win for uh, Joshua. This is the first time he's probably fought anybody with, like, uh, Povetkin's build. Anybody who doesn't follow boxing, Povetkin's a really small heavyweight. I think he came into this fight at, like, 220, 222, something like that. Um, he's really short. Um, his entire his game is basically, I'm going to leap, I'm going to make myself as small as possible and then explode into you with, like, these big winding hooks and overhand rights and uppercuts. And that, it, it really messed up Joshua. He actually got rocked pretty hard. Well, not hard. Yeah, that was a nice... Like little three piece. Yeah, <laughs> he caught him with in the end of the first. The jab uppercut hook combo that uh that that had, I think he was more stumbled than like shook. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't like rock, but he gave him. It was one of those like oh. It was like, like it, it's it's a it's a thing that doesn't really often happen to Joshua because he's so big and um so long. Uh, he doesn't normally get touched with those types of punches. So so I imagine it, it shook him up a little bit on the inside. Um, he, he was much more patient as the fight went on. Um, you, you know what I loved? Um, and freaking Sergio Mora didn't give him credit for it until like right before the knockout uh, on commentary. Like J- Joshua was just investing in the body the entire fight, just jab to the body, jab to the body, jab to the body. Um, and it, it it's the thing that opened up it, the 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 short right hand that went over. Uh, Pavetkin's guard because he dropped his hands uh, to to guard the body because I guess he thought another punch was going there. Um, just really good, uh, re- good work by um, Joshua. Not getting too rattled. Like I, I can't imagine just continually fighting in front of like eighty thousand people gets any more any easier, right? All right. Like, uh, like that has to wear on your mind every time you're out there. So. He's he's dealing with the pressure as well as he possibly can be expected to. Yeah, he, I, I only, well, I only got a chance to watch the fight once. Um, but I, I watched it and I, I, I don't remember, like I, I don't have like round by round scoring, but I do remember thinking about halfway <laughs> through the fight that I, I had Povetkin up. Um, like I say, he at the end of the first, he had that really nice uh, combination that he landed that kind of shook Joshua up a little bit. Um, yeah, Joshua was really persistent with the jab. I think Povetkin was landing a bit more of the power shots. He was more of the aggressor. Um, I remember just thinking the whole fight, like, all right, when is Joshua going to... He looked kind of lethargic. Yeah, like he was... It was like he was just... <laughs> like he was just kind of coasting out there. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there was no... He never really looked urgent. And I, I was like... I, I know, like we're we're in like round six, dude. Like you gotta know, like I, you know, might might be might be time to put a little a little gas on the pedal. See, um, I, I have two minds about it. Like one of the things Deontay Wilder does is he will be down, like, and um, you saw this when he came back off of like I think it was elbow surgery. 
He was down like four rounds to zero to like Gerald Washington of all people, who is a fine journeyman, but you know he's not a dude who should be pushing or taking rounds off the world heavyweight champion. And then all of a sudden the fight was over because Wilder was like, "Oh, there, I, I I found the home for my right hand," and he landed one right hand, and then you know the the, the rest is history. Like I, I, I'm curious, okay. Well, uh, if Joshua was like, okay, he's going to co- he's going to come leaping in with those hooks and those hooks and um, uppercuts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm just going to keep touching him to the body, touching him to the chest, and eventually I'm going to find a, ha- a home for that right hand because he will think that's the only thing I'm looking for. The other option is he thought he was winning all those rounds. And that it didn't really matter, which is a which is a much more dangerous, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, you, thought you, process. You, you, yeah, you never want to, <laughs> especially if it's not like he was dominating any facet of the fight. So you never want to go and have that thought in your head that oh, I'm I'm winning this definitely. And the, if we're being real, he probably was because you're not winning a decision off of Anthony Joshua in, in the UK. If you're taking the belt from him, you're taking him. You're taking it off him by knocking him out. Uh, well, he definitely. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I got I got my questions answered. That that seventh round, it's it's kind of crazy because, like I said, he, he looked just kind of lethargic in those first couple rounds, and then just out of nowhere, it's almost scary that the fight turned around that quick. Like it literally just took one punch. Yeah, but we're not really even in uh, heavyweight. We're really not used to that in boxing, are we? Like, even at those bigger weights, these guys tend to be, like, defensively a lot better than, you know, the the guys who fight in the UFC who we're used to seeing all the time. Yeah, this, this, it, it, it was a, it was a great, <laughs> it was a great right hook. Poor, you gotta feel bad for Povetkin. Like, he was putting on a pretty good performance, and then it just gets erased, and, like, <laughs> One flurry and all of your hard work and all those good rounds you put in just kind of don't mean anything anymore. It's just it's it's, it's it's all over. And that's the big boy weight class, bro. Yep, that's that is that is life <laughs> at, at at heavyweight and in, in any combat sport, it, it just takes one. Yep, and I don't think I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this. That was the first time Povetkin's ever been knocked out or stopped, I should say, in his pro career. I don't know about his amateur one, but. He's been there with some pretty good dudes. Like he, he fought Vladimir Klitschko. Or did he fight Vitaly? No, he fought Vlad. He fought Vlad. So, well, well, we'll see. Joshua did did what he needed to do. Very impressive KO. It's also um, worth like just because I'm not sure how familiar people are with boxing. But Vekin is at worst like the fourth best heavyweight on the planet. Like it's it's Joshua Wilder and maybe Fury, depending on what type of shape he's in. But like Pavetkin's right there. Well, we'll we'll see. This will eventually lead, I I would think, to either Joshua and and well, I think I saw a headline earlier that said that Joshua wants to fight Wilder regardless if he wins or loses. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Dude, uh, he has a date for Wembley already locked up April 13th. 
Hey, let's get it. <laughs> I mean, what's more likely to happen is he's going to end up fighting like Dylan White again. Sad. I hope we. I hope we don't play this game where like him, him and Wilder just somehow fight other people until like twenty twenty two. Like, this is all <laughs> Eddie Hearn, man. Like this is on Eddie Hearn. He he he's he is the obstacle to to making this fight. Uh, well, like, hopefully, I, I really hope this happens before. Like I, I hope Wilder beats Fury. Um, and we get we get this battle between like these two. I, I don't think we've ever seen this in boxing before. Like. These guys have near 100% knockout ratios. They're undefeated. They're both like Olympic medalists. We, and you can say what you want about the era, but like in, in terms of like just all that background, we've never seen that before. All right. And they have such, like such contrasting styles. Like one one guy is like a, a human shotgun. <laughs> like he, he he just kills people, and then Joshua was more the you, you know, I'll wait and be patient, and then I'll kill you at some point. I'll, I'll catch you with one. But we'll we'll see. I, I hope we get that fight sooner, much rather than later. It was, but... it was really funny to me because they're because we both, we talk, just talked about both of them. Um, Joshua made John Jones's gimmick work because that was like Jones's gimmick was like, he was like the good guy in MMA. <laughs> Boy, did that turn around! Right, <laughs> like people started liking him once he just realized that he's embraced the fact that he was a douchebag. But like, he, he, I think Joshua has legitimately just made that gimmick work, where he is literally clean cut and boring as shit. If, if you if you listen to him talk, <laughs> but people love him, probably because he's built like a fucking action figure. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> Whatever works. <laughs> whatever works. I mean, whatever gets you those $50 million paychecks and puts 100,000 people in the stadium. Yeah, man. You got you to gotta do what you got to do. But, yeah, man, that, that was an awesome, awesome fight. And we'll, we'll keep an eye on Eggman and Wilder, and we'll see how that turns out. And... That fight's on pay-per-view, by the way. So I expect it to bomb horror for the But, hey, I'll, I'll be there. We'll see. We'll see. But that was boxing. Uh, so before we get to UFC, we got a Bellator card to cover. Because that also went down this week. We had Bellator went down. One championship went down. LFA went down. I didn't watch LFA, though. Missed it again. But I'm just on the DVR somewhere. But anywho, Bellator 205 um, went down on Saturday night. That Saturday? No, Friday night. Um, AJ McKee. And John is it Macapa? Yeah, I'm saying that incorrect. I, I don't but, um, even think I don't think that was his name when he got signed. I thought it was like Teixeira or something. Yeah, right. Because I remember it was like John Teixeira versus um, freaking what's his name? Gleason Sa- uh, Garstone Santos. Because that was really maybe has like a hyphenated last name or something. I don't know. Maybe it's just his nickname, like Henry Burrell. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh, God, I don't want to talk about that. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, Bellator 205 went down Friday night. Um, I can't really speak on the prelims because I was half watching them and I was half asleep. 
But main card definitely uh, has some fights worth of note, and it was a pretty solid card. Uh, main event, uh, as we stated, AJ McKee and John McCappa um, lasted all of a minute and nine seconds. Um, <laughs> for about like the first 30 seconds, I was like, oh, McKee's actually going to be in a, you know, he's going to be in a fight this fight. Like, McCappa was pushing forward. Like, it, it, it seemed like it was going to be like a really you know, like a test for AJ, like he, he was fighting a guy who was not going to shy away, somebody who wasn't gun shy, somebody who was willing to throw, um, they had a few exchanges, and then in the middle of one of these exchanges, uh, McKee slipped a left hand in there, <laughs> caught McCaffa right on the chin, and he died, on spot, um, yeah, one, 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 one hit a quitter, and, uh, that was it, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very uh, a quick sniping um of Macapa by AJ McKee. Um, it was like the weirdest uppercut. Because it has like an upward trajectory but like it's coming forward. Right. It didn't even look like he was it didn't look like it was like a ton of force. I think it was cuz it was from such like close range i don't know but, but it, it looks like you got some pop on it but it, it, it looks like instead of like a punch like it looks like he just battered him right <laughs> like a battering ram you know because it, it yeah. goes like straight up through his chin and just causes his whole neck to snap yeah and he collapsed like on impact oh yeah no like you, you can tell like as soon as that punch landed he was he was gone yeah, he was out of there. Um, my first thought was, I can't believe you guys thought like Gallagher was gonna. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no shade, man. No disrespect, but like, dude, Gallagher did not want this smoke. I promise you, he did not want this smoke. Dude, like when people were talking about that fight, I wanted to see. It. I'm like, why do y'all want to see him die so badly? <laughs> Oh, man, but really impressive performance for McCaffrey. I, I think at this point for McKee, man, you got to give him, if he's not getting the title, who, I forgot, who, who's Pitbull still champ, right? Yep, he's fighting Emmanuel Sanchez yeah. in Tel Aviv. McKee's got to fight a guy like, um, uh, He was supposed to fight Pat Curran. Try it. well, yeah, see, I don't, I don't remember how long Curran's out, because um, I don't remember what that injury was. But yeah, at this point, you got to give him a guy like that. Like if you know, if if he can get a fight in the meantime, I mean, because he virtually took no damage in this fight, um, so I'm pretty sure he could go another one. Get him on that. Uh, get him on that Tel Aviv card. I mean, yeah. Like it, we we got to get him a top guy because he's been he's been nothing but impressive like his entire Bellator run, and I I think he's shown enough. Um. I think he's been like I like what they did with him. They didn't rush him, but I think now I think it's I feel comfortable saying like you can give him a top guy now, and I don't see it as him being rushed. Like I think he's proved that he's he's ready to make that leap, and we should give him that shot. He is twelve and zero, and all twelve of those fights came in the Bellator cage. Yeah, and a lot of those guys did not make it out that octagon. Right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them got sniped, but um. Um, yeah, man. Like I'm trying to like, I don't want to see him fight Daniel Strauss. 
Because I think that's the only guy being not hurt. Um, uh, Daniel Weichel? Like, I'd be down with seeing him. Yeah, that's a good one. I like I like Weichel. Weichel is definitely a top guy. That'll that'll be somebody who would give him a a good fight. Um, oh wait, 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 who? Not Emmanuel Sanchez, but the other guy. Um, Henry Corrales. Yeah, what am I not either? Yeah, you, you gotta give him one of those names. Like he he's starching everybody else. <laughs> like at, at this point, yeah, just give him one of those recognizable names, one of those staples, one of those guys who's just who's been around here and who's made it to the top, or has at least always like been relatively close to the top that that he can prove himself against. And good good on Bellator for having a great homegrown talent in this guy. Like dude, like, he I, one of the things I'm always critical about Bellator is they'll push. You know the um, your King Mo's, but not AJ McKee. But they they they're getting him on in main events and putting him in co-headliners and like just give him an audience. Like I, yeah. I think he could be like a guy for them, like a, a legit draw. Yeah, I mean, and he he shows out pretty much every fight. So yeah, I don't see a reason he can't become one of the faces of of Bellator. But yeah, awesome KO from him. Uh, co-main event was Rafael uh, Lovato Jr. and John Salter. Um, so Lovato Jr. reminds me a lot of Charles Oliveira. Like, yeah, they're both like jujitsu dudes, but like, they both throw strikes like jujitsu dudes. <laughs> a lot, a lot of loops, a lot of uh, a lot of loops, a lot of kicks, like a lot of strikes that. If you weren't comfortable fighting off your back, you wouldn't throw, period. Right. <laughs> Let's just say when you watch them strike, it's like, oh, yeah, that's not his primary uh, thing. Well, it's, it's not even like they're bad at it. It's just like, okay, I, I can definitely tell you're okay with being taken down. Like, the way you throw, like, the way you throw everything you have behind your body kick right. signifies to me that, okay, you you want them to grab your leg and take you down. Yeah, like the the first round was basically like a kickboxing, two two, <laughs> a, a quote unquote kickboxing match, and then they started uh, grappling more in the second and third. But yeah, man, once Lovato got him down in the third, like he just kind of made it look pretty effortless. Yeah, like the way he transitioned and just got his back, like he, it it was like child's play. <laughs> like, all all in the world to um to John Salter. Like I don't know, like does he have? Like a, a BJJ background, or is he? I think he does. I'm I'm pretty sure he's a grapple. Uh, I think they have like a similar background. Well, maybe maybe not like in terms of like accomplishments, but he is an AIDS, uh, uh an Abu Dhabi West Coast Trials winner. He he's competed yeah. at Abu Dhabi, uh, like Amer- the American Abu Dhabi submission wrestling thing. Okay, because the the way that like McCarthy and um crap, who who was that dude whose name escapes me? Goldie. Was it Goldie? Uh, I feel like it was Goldie. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Goldie. Shit. Scientist girl being the new Goldie. But the way they were talking about the fight, he's like, oh, it's a great fight between like two world-class submission artists. I'm like, is John Salter a world-class submission artist because he submitted Brandon Holby? Or Jacob and Justin Chikobi? Or Kendall Glow? Is that why we're calling him this now? Because that seems kind of lopsided. 
Because I think Ronaldo Jr. is legit, legitimately like amazing. Yeah, he he's yeah he he's one of those guys that like he's he's on that other level. Like if he takes you down, it's 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 I ain't gonna say it's a guarantee that you're gonna lose, but the the chances go up to like ninety five percent. Like you're probably gonna be out of here. <laughs> it's it's not gonna end well for you. Um, I think he's still undefeated in, in Bellator, right? Yes, yeah, he's undefeated. He is nine and zero now, and you know what that means. Title shot. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine, like, I can't imagine a, a, a title shot between him and Gekker Masase. Because it kind of feels like how... How do I explain it? Like, yeah, he's 9-0, and yeah, he's beat everybody in Bellator's, like, middleweight division so far. But that's Gekker Masase, and he does this shit for, yeah. like, for real, for real. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, not even that there are levels to this shit, but like, did, did anything Lovato Jr. showed in this fight make you think, oh, he, he can beat Masasi? Like, that Masasi has to do anything but jab at him for 25 minutes to beat him? Yeah. But, I don't know, the, the way Bellator is constructed, he might find himself there not too far from him. I mean, the way Bellator is constructed. Roy McDonald might have the middleweight title until 2020. <laughs> because he has to fight in this damn tournament. <laughs> after, after he fights Musashi. Oh, man. <laughs> good good win for Lovato Jr., man. Awesome submissions. Uh, next fight was uh, Vita Ar- uh, Ortega and Denise Kilholtz. Um, what what do I say about this fight? Kielholtz um, did not look bad. Like this was a like she for those who don't know, Denise Kielholtz is was one of the best kickboxers on the planet. They might have actually been the best. She also has like a background in judo. Um, so like when you we but when you hear like world's best kickboxer, your your first thought is like Tiffy Van Zos getting taken down and submitted in Invicta or. Was she not? Or she like stopped on punches? I don't remember. Point being, like that—that's your—that's that's like your thought process, and that's not what happened here. She looked pretty good up until the point where she did get submitted. Yeah, <laughs> like she she got out of a few ground scrambles. She um, stopped a couple takedowns. Yeah, she stopped some takedowns. She and on the feet, she was definitely landing. Um, but Ortega just really scrappy, like. Super scrappy. Yeah, that's, that's and, basically uh, what it came down to. Because when she grabbed that neck, standing up, but uh, like you, you can tell right away, Kielholz had no idea what was happening. Yeah, because I was <laughs> so I rewatched that fight um, <laughs> like a couple hours ago, and I noticed that when she got put in the guillotine, I was just watching her arms, and I was like, all right, is she gonna go for a takedown, or is she gonna fight the hands? And it looked like she was lost. She's like, it looked like, is this a submission? Yeah. Right, <laughs> like she, it looked like she had a brain freeze because she didn't, she didn't fight the hands, like she didn't do anything, like she just kind of, she just kind of sat there, and then like, Ortega made an adjustment and made it even tighter, and it was like, Ugh, Denise, you need to, you gotta do something, <laughs> you, you gotta get out of there, like this isn't good, and she got, yeah, she got, she got choked out. Uh, 
But prop, props to Ortega, man, for just being, like, really, really scrappy. Um, I mean, and she wasn't scared to exchange on the feet either. Like, if you know Denise, you know her kickboxing credentials. You, you know what she can do. Ortega didn't care. She was in there <laughs> scrapping, scrapping punch for punch. Um, whether she was getting the better the exchanges or not, but yeah, when she locked in that guillotine, it was it was over. The one it, it was one benefit for um for being a hundred and twenty five pound woman fighting the best kickbox in the world in Denise Kiholtz is that it's not like fighting Saki because Saki can and will like turn your lights out. Right. Kilos was never that type of like um, kickboxer. Yeah, yeah, no, no, like one hit knockout power. So you can, you can risk a, a little bit of staying on the feet. Um, but yeah, prop, props to, to to Vita. She she went out there and did what she needed to do. Uh, this next fight, which kicked off the card, this this was a fun one. <laughs> Patricky Pitbull. And, and Roger Huerta, um, I gotta give Huerta props, man, because I thought he was gonna die in this fight. Oh, well, I mean, he did get KO'd, but I envision this fight being like they come out, they touch gloves, there's a quick exchange, Patricky throws like an uppercut, and like Roger Huerta's head flies off into like the second row. But, um, nah, these two, they, they threw down, man. This was a fun back and forth just wild fight for the round in like a half, not even a half that it lasted. Um, where to even rock Patricky one time or he, he stunned, I think he caught him like a right and he, he buckled him for a quick second. And I was like, oh, is Werther really about to <laughs> pull this off? But, um, you know, P- P- Patricky gonna Patricky. Um, he, he, he put the hands on, on Roger as he pretty much puts the hands on almost everybody he fights. And, uh, but not, not for lack of effort, man. Huerta was out there punch for punch, strike for strike. They they were throwing down. They both hurt each other, but Patricky just kind of has that kind of power. You just, you can't eat too many of those shots. And he had caught Huerta, I think, with like an uppercut, and he just kind of flopped. I, th- I think he got rocked before that, and then he got caught with the uppercut. And after the uppercut, it was just over. Like, he, you knew he wasn't about to get back up. That was so but, um, Like, they were on commentary, they were saying, like, where to believe he can be a world champion? He doesn't want to retire until it happens. I'm like, damn, he's never gonna retire. <laughs> but like, he fought like a guy who really believed he could, though. Like he was, he was out there. <laughs> like, he was... I'll give, I'll give word to this. Like he, he has lost a shit ton in recent years. Like, in fact, I think he's like two and six in his last eight or something like that. It's like crazy. But like. It's never been uh, be, as of late. He's fought better. You know what I mean? Yeah, he he doesn't look, for lack of a better term, washed. <laughs> like, like, he, he looks like an old journeyman regional fighter, which is probably what he is. But he's not out here like Joe Lozon. Just like staring at punches and just physically un- like incapable of like stopping them from coming back, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or moving out the way. He he looks like he just looks like an old dude who can still like scrap a little. Yeah, there, there's there's a little bit left in the tank, and he's he's just emptying out <laughs> that, that little bit that's left. Right. But no, nah, this was actually it was a really fun fight. It was 
that it was way more competitive than I had this fight playing out in my head. Um, and I, I don't know if Patricky gets the title shot off this. I don't know what Brent Primus is doing. I don't know if Brent Primus is still alive. Um, I mean, if he wasn't, they would have like showed the graphic with his picture on it, right? <laughs> I don't even think they know where Brent Primus is. Does Brent Primus know where Brent Primus is? Yeah, I don't think he. No, nobody knows where Brent Primus when, is. Like, one I, day I, we'll get Brent Primus on the show. <laughs> and ask him the tough questions, like, bro, where, bro, do you where were you from? This? Two... <laughs> right. <laughs> Where were you the night of uh, the year 2015 till now? Like, where where have you been? <laughs> wait, wait, Brent, are you not a, a figment of, all, like, our collective imagination? Yeah, that, uh, that, that Chandler fight was just, like, a Matrix program. J- Chandler literally just went in there and fought, like, <laughs> air. And none of us. <laughs> Man, but... I I wouldn't be mad if Patricky got a title shot. I mean, at this point, you know, just just to see a new face at that title shot, because man, Chandler's fought for the belt like eighty thousand times. He's had it twenty thousand times. Um, just Chandler, Mister Worst Luck in the Sport. Yeah, I I wouldn't be mad if if Patricky can get a shot. So Primus, if you're out there, man, if you're healthy, if you're alive, if you can hear us, you you should fight Patricky. You should, you should just fight. Yeah. <laughs> Post a video of you hitting something so we know that like you're out does there. Does Primus have a Twitter? I think he did at one point. I don't know if he still does. I mean, I, I remember him tweeting at like Michael Chandler and begging him to like to, to say publicly that Baron Primus beat him. Like he, he was like, come on, just admit that I won the fight. Like, like, please, I need this validation. Oh, wait, I follow him on Twitter. Here we go. <laughs> his last post in, like, 2012. Excited to be working with Bomb Squad Growers OG, who produced the best recreational medical marijuana and products tree emoji, fire emoji. I've always been a believer in medical and healing properties of... <laughs> are you healing, sir? Like, are, are you done healing? <laughs> like, we've been waiting very patiently. What type of name is Bomb Squad Growers, OG? That sounds like... Bomb Squad sounds like a 90s hip-hop label. I mean, it, it sounds like what will eventually be Deontay Wilder's promotion. <laughs> oh, man. But that was Bellator 205. Um, it was a pretty solid card. Definitely watch the main card. Like a lot of good performances. Um, the main card was all finishes. Yeah. So we didn't watch the uh, like you said. Neither one of us watched the prelims. But quick shout outs to um, Steve Mallory, the six twenty fucking heavyweight, who is actually like he's like six eight. He looks taller. It's really weird. Um, and shouts to Adam Boric, who I believe is um, Gekker Musasi's boy. If I remember right. And then shout out to uh, Misha Tate's baby daddy who fought on the prelims for this uh, card, Johnny Nunez. He did? Yeah. He fought Josh Wick. Huh. Shout out to him. I didn't know that. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to him. But that was Bellator 205. Pretty good card. Go give it a watch. 
So they put the fights on their website, so you can go to Bellator.com and uh, you know watch the fights if you did not get a chance to. Also watch them on the app. Oh yeah, I did not download that. Why did I? I, I uninstalled the app for some reason. Because it sucks. I feel like it. It really does. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for recommending it. <laughs> it was something like it did to my phone or something, and like it wasn't. I couldn't get it. I don't it remember. Keeps crashing. Uh, it also won't load fights. I don't know why I said to watch it on the app. Right. Yeah, just get on get on laptop. Right, fuck Bellator. Go watch the one card. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Step your app game up. <laughs> but, uh, on to, on to the meat and potatoes. Uh, I mean, can we really call this card the meat and potatoes? I mean, I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but like, where's the meat here? I I, I was thoroughly all right. Thoroughly entertained is a stretch. You know, this is like I can't say thoroughly entertained because of two fighters, or I know what three fighters that appeared on this card that all pissed me off like simultaneously. Um, Instead of meat on the bone, like this is like the chew toy that tastes like meat (laughs) that the dog the dog chews on for like three hours and is wondering why he's still hungry. This is like steak gristle. (laughs) 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 Anywho. UFC fight night, uh, Sao Paulo went down uh, Saturday, uh, headlined by Tiago Santos and Eric Anders. Two men who were not shot- on the card but a month ago. Right. <laughs> so, shout out to them, man, just for for being here, uh, you know, g- giving us a main event uh, that otherwise may not have happened. But um, this card went down. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just start from the top. Um Santos Anders, uh, for those who didn't know, Anders uh, replaced Jimmy Manuel, who had to pull out for an injury. Um, and this is both of their debuts at 205. Uh, well, Anders just took the fight on short notice. He's at 205. I don't think he's staying up here. Not anything I've heard. Anders but, literally and, took this fight on a week's notice. Yeah. As opposed to Maheta, who had a full camp at three weeks. And, man, this this fight was... I didn't think this fight was going to go out like the first or second rounds. I was surprised that it lasted as long as it did, but um, it was still pretty violent. Um, what was the original main event for this card? Huh? What was the original main event for this card again? I'm sorry. Yeah, it was, it was Santos and Manuel. No, no, it was who did or Santos Man- replace? No, no, Anders was the replacement. Santos was supposed to be. So, here. Santos was supposed to be here before um, Anders, but. Santos himself was a replacement for somebody else. What? Shut up. I don't remember. It was Gover. This was supposed to be Jimmy Manuel versus Gover Teixeira. Ugh, I'm glad we didn't get that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm on the wiki page. Teixeira pulled out August 14th due to a shoulder injury. It was replaced by Thiago Santos. Who went to, oh, Okay, yeah. So we had a lot of musical chairs going around. Uh... With this card. I remember because but, um, Maheta was like, I want to fight Jimmy Manoa. And Manoa turned the fight down for like two weeks. Because he was like, I want to rank the pony or something. And then the UFC was like, you're going to fight Thiago Santos and you're going to like it. <laughs> then he signed and got hurt. Yeah. And he stayed and watched the fight in the crowd. But um, this was a pretty, pretty fun, violent main event. Um... There were points in this fight where I thought a- Anders is like 
one of the toughest dudes I think I've ever seen. But really, props to both of these guys for, for having some chins. Because they were both landing some pretty uh, heavy leather <laughs> getting thrown around. Um, and Anders, man, he was just taking it. Like, I was impressed that just no matter how much he ate, he just kept <laughs> pushing forward. Like, dude is a zombie. He was a zombie out there. Like, he... You, you literally had to kill him to get him to stop. Like, literally, it looked like he almost died when this fight was over. Yeah. Um, I thought for a second that he was going to end up winning just... Because it, it seemed like towards the the second that, like, Santos looked like he started to get winded a bit. Like, he, he was throwing the kitchen sink at Anders, and Anders was just... He, he, was, he was still there, just in his face the entire time. Um, you know what the problem with that is, though? Anders doesn't throw. He will walk yeah. you down. He he will walk you down forever, but the man just doesn't throw for whatever reason. It's like he it's like he would only engage when like Santos engaged him and they would have like a mini like firefight moment where they would both throw. Like Anders threw just enough so that Santos kinda just had to respect it and he couldn't like rush in and do anything crazy. Right. But, yeah, it wasn't enough to, like... Because I, I really felt like in that second and third round, like, if he just would have put his foot on the gas, like, Santos, to me, looked like he was starting to wear out. And Anders, for as much punishment as he was taking, still looked like he had energy in the tank to give, but he just... He might get a takedown or push you against the cage, but it wasn't, you know, anything, like, crazy substantial. Um... But they, they had a few back and forth, little, little violence spurts here and there. Like I said, Santos was landing a lot of hard shots, power shots. Um, Anders, like I said, would, would throw enough just to kind of keep Santos at bay and make him kind of respect uh, his power. But, man, that, that ending sequence. So um, I, I can't remember if Anders got a takedown. I can't remember how they got on the ground. But Anders has him, like, back against the cage on the ground. Santos starts dropping elbows, and you can tell after about the third or fourth elbow that it kind of looked like Anders was feeling him. I, I almost feel like at one point he was kind of just sitting there. Um, he went limp. So he, yeah, he definitely departed for a couple of seconds. Um, I thought they were going to stop it at first because um, he just kind of wasn't really answering. Like, he was moving to, kind of, but he... It looked like he just wasn't really all the way there. Like I said, it looked like he did go limp for a second. He, he definitely wasn't all the way there. And then at the end of the round, he, he survives the barrage. And he literally, like, sits up. And then he falls back in between Mark Goddard's legs. And I thought they were going to wave it off right there. Because I was like, that's a clear sign. Like, bro, he's not going to... He's not going to make it back to the stool. Like, he literally laid back in between Mark Goddard's legs. He just couldn't get up. And then he, he tried to step the, up. Yeah, he tries to. It it looked like. It, it looked like the last like scene of like a movie, when like the hero is trying to use every bit of energy he has, to like get up and launch like his final attack. But like he just never was. He he stood up for like a second, took maybe one or two steps, fell, got back up again. And just collapsed, and then they waved it off. It was, 
it was weird. Like, on one hand, I had, like, all the respect in the world for him. Because, like, dude, he... I felt like he wanted it so bad. Like, he really wanted to keep going. And he literally gave, like... That was his last bit of energy, just trying to get back up. And he just couldn't. And on the other hand, I was like, this is kind of terrifying. Like, I hope he's okay. Like, I, I can't think of many times I've seen a guy just kind of collapse like that. Like, that's some shit like, that has me worried about. Not just, like, your career, but your life. Yeah, like... I think they did rush him to the hospital. I think he, I saw somebody post on Twitter. He did go to the hospital after the fight. As far as I know, everything's uh, okay. He, he even joked about it um, on Twitter. He posted, um, uh, what do you say? I haven't been that tired since my wedding night. Um, so <laughs> I hope he's okay. It seemed like he's in good spirits. But, yeah, that that was... I'm, I'm kind of really I, hoping this is mostly just fatigue from taking a fight on a week's notice. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, having the you know, fly all the way down to Brazil to take it. Because yeah. that looks... That was... That's up there for the most scared I've been for somebody who just, like, collapsed. Like, it, if you watch enough regional MMA and, like, the horrible shit that happens, like, that's the type of collapse that happens when people die. Yeah. And it's like, ugh, that, that was... Yeah, but they, I, I think in the on the... I want to say, I don't know if it's on Twitter or maybe it was on an announcement. Somebody had eventually said, like, he made it to the back on his own power. Like, he was able to stay. Oh, yeah, up. no, dude, um, if you look at the um, uh, um, the official um, decision, or out, uh, you hear, um, you, you see him actually just walk up to Santos and shake his hand. Yeah. So. So, that, that was good. That, it, was a, it was one of those moments that I've never seen anything like that before. It, it was... But, like, after that, I was like, I have all the respect in the world for this dude. Like, that that was crazy. Like, that, that was... Like, that was one of those too tough for your own good type, uh, like, beatings. Yeah. And I'm I'm really glad. Thank God. Because I feel like we've seen this other times. E- even though I thought it should have gotten waved off after he literally fell in between Goddard's legs. I'm so glad that after he collapsed that second time that they didn't pull some tough guy nonsense and, like... Well... Here's the thing, like if your corner has like, I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure on this, but I'm pretty sure the rules state you have to make it back to your corner, like yeah, on your, on, own, on your power. own power. Yeah. Like they they almost immediately were trying to pick him up and carry him to his corner, and they tried it like twice. They, yeah, and it yeah after that second one, I was like, yeah, this this is over. Like I'm surprised. I I was a I was really afraid for a second that mm-hmm. after that second collapse that like somehow the fight wouldn't get waved off and they would just wait for him to stumble his way back to the corner and they'd force him to another round that he just didn't need to see. You know what the awful part about that is like that's totally something that would happen in this sport. Mm. I'm pretty yeah. We've complained about that numerous times. So fighters who make it out to other rounds that they should not have ever even, yeah, it definitely happens. Yeah. But man, um, how do you how do you like Santos at two o five? Um, I'm with it. Like it's not like he hits any less hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if freaking Anthony Smith can be a top five heavyweight, why can't Mahetta? <laughs> like again, like not he took this fight on like three fight uh, three weeks notice. 
And I'm pretty, like, when was his last fight? It wasn't too long ago. If I'm remembering correctly. Uh, it was in August. Yeah, he fought like a month ago. It was that crazy ass fight with Kevin Holland. So, like, the, the, the dude's out here grinding. If he's going to be fighting three, four times a year, because that was his fourth fight this year. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I want him fighting at a weight class where, like, he can go for five rounds or three rounds or however many rounds he needs. So, 205, I'm with it. Let him um, knock out Sam Alvey. Um, oh, that 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 was taken care of. <laughs> I'm tr- I'm trying to think of like rebook that Jimmy Manuel fight because yeah, one guy who can only throw power and another guy who can only throw power. What what yeah. what could go wrong? <laughs> right. <laughs> no no way that doesn't end in violence. You know. That's that's an instant death for somebody. What but um, but, like, what up? I have to check something. List of like, I feel like Santos should be on some type of record list right now, right? Like for most stoppages in the UFC, or most knockouts in the UFC, I should say. Because it, it feels like he's like just put like a ridiculous amount together. Um, yeah, I feel like every fight he wins. He killed somebody. Right. He he's not out here grinding out decisions. He's shooting to kill. Tiago. <laughs> no, he's not yet. But he has he, he, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine stoppages in the UFC so far. Hmm. And at 205, where a lot of old guys are, I think that number will... A lot of slow guys. Like... <laughs> that number will increase. Dude, imagine if he cracks Misha Serkinov. <laughs> oh my... Imagine versus Patrick Cummings. Oh. <laughs> there are bodies to be caught at 205 for this man. Freaking Corey Anderson. Who, who got oh, knocked man. down like twice by... You imagine what you said? <laughs> yeah, we we gotta. I'm glad he's at 205. He's he's bringing some violence that 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 is needed. Um, yeah, man. I, any any fight at 205 with him, I'm looking forward to. But shout shout outs to Anders, man. Dude is crazy tough. Um, I, I don't know if he's staying at 205. I, I think he would probably be better at middleweight. But yeah, Anders just. Do a little bit more volume, man. I feel like he could really get some guys out of there if he just if he just pushed it just a little bit more. Um, but either way, awesome main event ended in, in pretty violent fashion. Um, so yep, yeah, that was the the main event, uh, co-main event. Alex Cowboy Oliveira and Carlo Pedersali. Um I was happy and sad with this fight at the same time. Um, <laughs> when these two got paired up, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a a lot of violence. This should be nothing but fun. And it was violence. It just didn't last as long as I hoped <laughs> that it would have went. I wanted to get like at least one full round out of this, but uh, Cowboy had other plans. Yeah, he had a full he minute. Like, right. He like he left the oven on at home and he just needed to get out of there. Um, 
The finish was slick, though, on the low. <laughs> Petrosali steps in for the sidekick. Oliveira, like, catches the kick with one hand, and with his other free hand, he just blasts Petrosali, like, right on the chin. Knocks him down, gets him ground and pound, and five seconds later, he's jumping over the cage celebrating. And that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> that was it. 40 seconds. 39 seconds. Um, I, I don't... Cowboy's just one of those guys. I just want to see him fight like every card. Like just, just throw him on every card. Let him, let him fight everybody. Yeah, he's super fun. Like, uh, I, I don't know if he ever fights for a title, but dude's just gonna be always fun to watch. And he fights like yeah. five times a year. So this is only his second fight this year, though, which is really weird. Because he fought. Uh, How old? Is he is thirty. So he's still, he's still oh, he's, got some time left. He's, yeah, he's still got some years left. I mean, and this could be me being overly optimistic, but he, he has a ton of power. Dude is, like, crazy, freakishly athletic. Welts Wade isn't really getting any younger. He, he, he could punch a ticket up there, I think. If he, if he can get just a little, a little string going... Some solid consecutive wins. Like on the one hand, I agree with you, but on the other hand, he's two fights removed from getting knocked out by Yanti Medeiros. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, but he also beat Ryan Lofer in ten means. Like, he, he's a he's a weird dude. I, I I can't even say it's a matchup. I don't I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's a matchup. Maybe thing. still he's feeling the knife of the fight. Right, but I think it's also like. Kind of his style of fight kind of can lend to him getting hurt because I, I feel like he's one of those dudes that, like, if if, if you start a firefight with him, he's engaging in the firefight. Like, he's not he's not backing down. Yeah. Like, I, I so think the, the weirdest thing about him is, like, he will fight you at whatever fight you wanted to have. Like, he will have a wrestling match with Will Brooks because why the fuck not? <laughs> If you wanna, if you wanna just have like a straight up war, like Yancy Madero's did, why not? Like he he will meet you on your terms most of the time, except for Carlos Conde, who he took down and just mercilessly beat. Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate that. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, man, that that was a, a quick. Uh, dispatching of a uh, of, of, of poor Petrosale, but shout out to Cowboy man, always bringing the violence. Um, dude, dude never disappoints, never disappoints. Lord, speaking of disappointments, um, uh, I mean, who's who's nice. disappointing here? Like everybody. <laughs> I mean, I'm disappointed they made the fight. I'm not disappointed with how it ended. I. I, I, when this fight came on, I just wanted it to be over, and I, that, I, I, I wanted Little Nog to win, but at the same time, I almost didn't care, because I was just like, why am I, why is this, you know why this fight got me mad, actually, because I was just looking at other fights on the card, and I was like, Zaleski Dos Santos could have been, like, there, there are other people who could have gotten this spot, 
Why why am I watching Little Nog and Sam Alvey in 2018? Because people love Little Nog, bro. They've been beating down the doors to watch this 43-year-old man <laughs> not, knock out people who have... <laughs> like... Can, can we talk about Little Nog's like, recent run real quick? I say recent, but I'm going back to like 2013 for his last five fights. <laughs> he's three and three, but the only reason he's three and three is because someone, who, the whoever the matchmaker was at the time, it could have been Joe Silva, it could be Sean Shelby, decided, you know what, Lil Nog only fights like once every two years, so let's have him fight Rumble. <laughs> let's have him fight Ryan Bader. Because <laughs> outside that, he's been pretty fun. Like, he's been fun. Like, he beat Rashad. He knocked out Patrick Cummings. And then he knocked out Sam Alvey. Like, he boxed Rashad. Yeah. Up. I, remember that I mean, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that was just the fight where they stared at each other. And Will Knox stared just a little bit harder. <laughs> and got the win. But po- point being, like, Will Knox still striker most of the light heavyweight division is not yeah I say that them, them old man hands still gotta they, they can still crack they can still <laughs> they can still crack when when Alvy caught that right hand I, did, I don't think he knew uh I don't think he expected that old man strength yeah it's a shame Dan Henderson is a fight anymore you could have got that fight <laughs> I don't know. I think Hendo might have cleaned him. If I'm being honest, yeah. I I think that's one of those fights where like Little Nog would have had a moment, like he would have cracked Dan with a right, and then Dan would have cracked him with a right, and Nog would have died, and it would have been bad, and we all would have been really hurt. Man, <laughs> if they're gonna they're gonna keep fighting, like I, I refuse to be hurt. Just, just no more feelings. Like what happens happens. <laughs> like, did you hear his post-fight interview where he's like, "I do this all for you." Like, my back hurts. My kids don't play anymore. <laughs> like, training hurts. I, I I can barely walk, but I'm still doing this. It sounded like a retirement speech, but he never. Yeah, I was when <laughs> after the fight was over, I was like, "Please say the R word, little nug." Just. You can leave out like this, like you get a win in Brazil, you win by knockout, like it doesn't get much better. No, it gets much better when he fights John Jones for the title. <laughs> he, he pulls off the upset of the ages. Wait, how far removed are we from the UFC trying to make Gustus and Lovelog? Because that was a thing I remember. Oh, man. We're two years removed from that. <laughs> it was supposed to be in November of 2016. Oh man, what if they do like Santos and Lopez? Oh my god, and they replaced him with Ryan Bader. <laughs> oh man. Then but, they had. Then yeah. they were supposed to fight Elio Latifi. Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't know. This fight just—it's felt kind of mad. But you know, if I'm being optimistic. I'm finding the silver lining, like, at least Little Nog won. I, I don't like seeing the old guys get cleaned. Um, so, uh, if, if anything, I'm glad he won. I just, 
I get worried when the old, when the old, when the really, really old guys are still in there, just kind of throwing. I'm just, I just, I don't want to see you get hurt. You know why I'm worried? Because this, this is just real. This is just like, this is just gonna make his, uh, his, his desire to fight all the more stronger. Right. It, like now he's gonna try to come back and like. Three this, this is like if if BJ Penn ever wins a fight, it's just gonna be his like, it, it's just going to be his driving force to just fight forever. Like, like he just goes out there and just steals a decision on Ryan Hall, and he's like, "I'm coming for that title, Khabib." <laughs> if, I, if I hear the word BJ Penn in title in 2018, I'm, I'm cutting off Fight Pass. I'm unsubscribing. I'm going home. Like if BJ Penn was a light heavyweight, he'd be worth little Nagus right now. Which, which theoretically he could be. <laughs> I mean, he's he's been there before. For you guys that don't Just know, stop running. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, little little nug. He he went out there and put those old man paws on uh on Sam. Oh Alvey. wait, real quick before we move off this fight, did you see Sam Alvey's interview in the back beforehand? Did did you no. see how he painted his face? Oh, that was that picture. I was yes. Saying. Oh god. Yeah. I posted it and it made Joey very upset. <laughs> God, Sam Alvey, Sam. He's um, like, he's definitely going to murder somebody one day. You might have already have. No guy smiles that much and doesn't have a checkered past. There is a body somewhere buried beneath something. I, I, and I like how we all just think. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like, Sam Alvey has every reason in the world to smile. Like, he is, he is a great wife who takes it, like, who loves what he does and helps him with his career. Like, and her corner advice, her corner advice is. Oh, yeah, legit. no, she is 100%, yes. like, with it. Which you don't expect from, like, Someone who was on American top, uh, America's Next Top Model. You know, she is she is with it. She she gives him legit corner advice. Um, yeah, and like, dude is twenty fights into his UFC career, like like he has no reason not to smile because like it it, it it let's be real. He's what twenty times? I have no idea, but he fights like five gonna... times a year. He's been in the UFC since. <laughs> Basically, MFC close, which was like 2014. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. What? Yeah. No, he fight like he watching... fights forever. This is his third fight of the year. I didn't know I've been watching Sam Alvey fight. For and he has never been on a numbered UFC. Always on fight nights and Fox card prelims. I'll leave that comment alone. <laughs> point, point being, Sam Alvey has every reason in the world to smile. He is an overachiever in every sense of the word. Yeah, he's... Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like I hate the guy. It's just, it's, there's certain people who just want to see their name on a car. I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to watch you today. I mean, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Like My whole thing about Sam Alvey is like, I respect the fact that you have made this into your life. Because if we're being real, this probably shouldn't be your life. But 
Hey man, he he made it happen. So. You know, you know yeah. I, I'm sorry that we stay, we're staying on Sam Alvey <laughs> because Sam Alvey shouldn't be taking up too much time in our however many hour long podcasts. But it, it seems pretty like clear that if you're coming up in the UFC, whether you are a hot shot prospect that they're trying to catapult up the rankings, like uh, Zabit. Or you're just a dude, you know, trying to make it to your next paycheck. Like, maybe follow the Sam Alvey route and just have a bunch of dudes picked out that you can call out after every fight. And be like, I want to fight that guy because X, Y, and Z. You know? Like, he beat my coach. Um, I don't like Europeans. <laughs> hey, man. It's... It seems like he's keeping the paycheck coming I mean, in. Sam Alvey will be in the UFC basically until he retires because if we're being real here, he, he's, he's low rent. He fights like he, he's available for whatever. He's down for whatever. Like, why why would the UFC get rid of him? Yeah. Yeah. So, but that was that fight. This next fight, which I was even more disappointed with. I don't. Ah, uh, God, I'm probably not gonna have a lot of nice you know, things to say about. You know what? Else. You know what? Shouts to Andre Ewell. 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 I think it's Ewell. Could be wrong though. Ewell. Oh, Ewell. Oh my God, I'm gonna keep. You know, shouts to Andre. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, dude was borderline homeless. He was about to get kicked out of his house before he got signed to the UFC. He accepts a fight with a former champion in that former champion's home country and proceeds to whoop his, uh, whoop his ass, basically. Yeah, it wasn't one-sided or anything, but he, be, he got a win on foreign soil. Yeah, he beat a former Brazilian champion in Brazil, like, by decision. It's a pretty big deal. And it's like... And yeah, we we can be bummed about Henry Morrell being cooked. Because, oh no, I'm not bummed because he I'm refuses to bit to, to bump up and wait. <laughs> I'm not bummed because I'm I'm I was never honestly like a huge Morrell fan. Like I, I respect the 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 legacy, the run he had, all the, all the people he put to sleep, all that good stuff. I, I wasn't like personally never a huge fan, but it's just like his. <laughs> like it's it's one thing to lose to like the top guys, the guys with the name. Like I'm I'm on, I'm on Wikipedia right now. You lost to a guy who doesn't even have like a hyperlink on his name. Like I I I've never seen a fall off this bad. Like <laughs> like the first round, the first round, Barrow like looks pretty good. Like he's getting the takedowns. It looks he looks like the veteran. Like. He looks like he just has way more in the arsenal. He he just looks like this could be a schooling. Like, well, you might not be ready for this. This might not be for you. And then after the first round, I don't know what happened. Like, it it was it was it, like in my head, I was like, this fight should not have even been like competitive. No disrespect to Ewell, but I'm just like a dude of your like caliber, regardless of if you know. Obviously, you're not the same fighter you used to be. I get it. Um, 
but like it shouldn't. <laughs> I just. Ugh. It's just like, how did you lose this? How how did you let this fight even get so close? He is cooked. Like, like this shouldn't even have. Even if you thought Burrell won, this fight shouldn't have even been so close that it was debatable. <laughs> like this should have. This whole fight should have looked like the first round. And because like Ewell couldn't really stop the takedowns, but like after the first round, I don't know what happened to Burrell. Like I, I don't know what the game plan was after that. Because the first round seemed like everything was working pretty great. And whoa, then, whoa, 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 whoa! You you are forgetting the the best part of the fight, where Head and Burrell in full sprint <laughs> runs into a punch by Andre Ewell. <laughs> like. I'm trying to think of just like another time I've seen a, like a, a pro fighter just run, like actually run into someone's punch, and he got knocked down for his troubles. I I honestly thought the fight was about to be over. Yeah, this this what a mess. Yeah, this fight was, and I don't even want to. I feel bad because I don't want to take away from Ewa. Like he went in there and like literally you beat. You you beat a guy who at one point some would argue was like the best fighter on the planet, and you went in there and you you you, you got a split decision over him. It was just so bizarre to watch like Burrell just fall off. I'm just looking at him and I'm like I'm looking at like skill sets and like what you can do versus what Andre can do, and I'm like this fight should not be this competitive. But lo and behold, hey. Yeah, we, we, we here we are. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Fights are not won on paper. You know, you got to go in there and perform. And, I mean, for all intents and purposes, E-Royal went in there and he was throwing hands. Do you even mention the fact that Burrell came in like six pounds overweight? <laughs> Somebody said on Twitter his face looks like his girlfriend always just caught him cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, oh god I, I think i'm just i don't want to say disgusted with morale but i'm just like you're not after that fight i'm like i don't even know if i want to see you fight anymore like and i don't even mean just in the ufc like i don't almost just i don't even want to see you in like bellator like i just want you to go away like, damn bro <laughs> like, I, I, I don't want to see you anymore like yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm harsh. I don't. I don't know. But good on Andre, man. He, he put paws on Burrell. He he landed some some nice shots. He hurt him a few times, and he, he did what he needed to do to get the win. But Burrell, like, if you're gonna come back, bro, just you you're four pounds away from featherweight. Just go up, like, just 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 go up. Like, and I had. I, I... I think we had this conversation like when we actually saw the fight. Um, like he didn't look bad against Jeremy Stevens. Like when he was at 145, I don't remember the Philip Nova fight. Or, but like when he fought Jeremy Stevens, he looked amazing for a round. Like that first round. Yeah, and then he kind of like, like he faded he, fa that, he, he faded because it was a completely different style than we were used to. Much more movement. Um, yeah, a, a lot more intense, 
and he went back to like his old style, which is every time you get hit, you swing, you just bite down, plant your feet, and swing back, which you don't do when you're the smaller dude fighting Jeremy freaking Stevens. And even then, he managed to get it to a point in the third round where it was competitive. Like, he lost a 2-1 decision, but, like, that third round was, like, like there was some back and forth in there. And then all of a sudden, after he fights Felipe Nova, he's like, you know what, I'm going to just go down and fight Aljamain Sterling and Brian uh, Keller. Like, why? It's not working. Yeah. I think that's probably just what's so frustrating about it. It's like, dude, you're you're taking years, <laughs> like, off of your career. And you're kind of just making yourself... Because it's like, dude, if you can't beat Andre... If you can't beat Andre, I'm like, who who can I trust you at 35 <laughs> at this point? Like, at, at this point, beating Burrell at 135 doesn't... I want to say it doesn't mean anything because that sounds mean to Awol. Like, maybe Awol goes on to become, like, a... Uh, a, a, a title challenger or a top 10 dude but like it, it doesn't hold any weight anymore because you're just being a guy who's a you know a shell of himself yeah so it, it sucks because I actually did like Burrell but like it, it, like just seeing people refuse to change when they are in a bad situation like Barrow is, it's just frustrating beyond belief. Uh, like, Ewell did this. No, oh. uh, no, like, Aldo is changing. Like, he, he is adapting. He He's learning from the Holloway and McGregor fights. And now he's going to have to 55. Oh, yeah, I forgot to, we forgot to mention that, didn't we? All those... Yeah, oh, all man. those looking for a fight at 155. Uh, oh yeah, we <laughs> yeah we never did talk about that uh, in December. He was they they threw um, Donald Cerrone as a opponent out there for him, but his team turned him down. Um, I want I want the Pettis fight. I, I want to. I, I know I know it's 80 years late, but I, I just want to see it just because. Uh, yeah. But props to Andre Ewell, man. He went in there. He 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 did the do. Did did what he needed to do, and I I hope. I hope he got compensated well. Um, be, being nearly homeless, that is not <laughs> not 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 cool at all. Cause that, he has like a family too. Yep. So I, I hope I hope his pockets got got, got compensated fairly well. Um, but that was that fight. And rounding out the main card, uh, Ronda Marcos and Marina Rodriguez. <laughs> this. This fight ending in a, in a draw is just wild. <laughs> I mean, this is the quintessential Ronda Marcos performance. She gets like, a takedown, first... does nothing with it, proceeds to lose the next two rounds. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. <laughs> yeah, it, it was just like the first round she gets to take down. Like I said, she didn't do a ton, but she was like in control. I'm like, oh, all right, she's. I mean, she, she, I think she landed, like, some decent ground and pound. It, it, it was one-sided. It was like, all right, she's coming out, like, kind of hot. She maybe, maybe she got this in the bag. And then the second round comes. Gets, you know, Marina, uh, I guess, wakes up a little bit. Gets, gets a little bit more competitive. A little bit more back and forth. And here we are two rounds after. And it is a, a draw. Um, <laughs> I don't remember the fight in ton of 
specific detail. I just remember, like, after it being a draw, I'm like, Randa, you got to be kicking yourself. Like, you you should have won this. Like, there's no reason you should have. This should have been a draw. But, um, hey, man. So, quick note. Um, Randa Marcos, they to, apparently Randa Marcos was told she had to accept this fight or did the UFC would cut her. So I'm kind of curious. Like, okay, you fought to a draw. The parts of the fight you were, like, actually in control of were pretty boring. Like, are they going to bring her back? I'm assuming they had high hopes for Marina Rodriguez because they gave her a top 15 opponent at home, um, which I thought was dumb because she's, like, quite obviously a striker. And Randa Marcos, for all her faults, is a pretty decent, like, top control wrestler. So they avoided a complete disaster by having their um their Dana White contender, the Tuesday Night Contender Series fight, um, you know, winner, just get completely um pancaked for fifteen minutes. But like this, they could have easily gave this time slot to Eli- uh, Eliza Zaleski dos Santos. Yeah. So. Poor Zaleski. His his flying knee was relegated to a. Uh, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. <laughs> but uh, that was the main card. Moving down to the prelims: Charles Dubronx Oliveira and Christos Diagos. Uh, um, Oliveira gets his record-breaking 11th <laughs> submission win in the UFC. Um. All I remember is, like, in the second round when he came out and he just threw, like, every spinning attack he could think of. <laughs> it, it threw, it, it like, in, 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 like, combination. Like, a spinning back elbow and then threw the other elbow in a spinning back elbow. Yeah, they, he had... Giagos just never... Yeah. He, he walked him down pretty much, like, the entire fight. Throwing strikes, Diagos is just kind of bouncing around on the outside. He never really got off any kind of like substantial offense. Um, I think Oliveira had taken him down in the first. Um, Diagos did have a nice one. I guess good thing he kind of did because uh, Oliveira got him down in the first, and uh, Oliveira I think was like going for mount, and Diagos he did a nice like buck, like bucked him off, and was able to get back up. But after that. <laughs> he never really got much off. And then second round gets here. Spinning attacks get thrown. Um, they end up on the ground. And if Oliveira takes you back, you, you know how that's probably going to end. And he gets his record-breaking 11th submission win. And then I immediately thought afterwards, like, he's probably going to shatter that record. Like, yeah. He he's got so much more time to fight. <laughs> it's also worth noting that a lot of his wins, a lot of those submissions came on like cart uh, in fights where he had like five pounds on his opponents because he just refused to make weight. And now he's talking about going back down of featherweight. His his real division. Never mind that he was way bigger than Yagos. It's like, dude, stay, just stay at lightweight, man. Just um, don't, don't. No, no go ahead. 
Oh no, I was gonna say just don't 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 be one of those guys, man. Just He just is that guy. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I've gotta wait for Fighty at Featherweight for like four years. Despite the fact he never made weight. That will never not be funny to me. It's like they like uh, whatever. Never mind. Um So about uh, about the submission record, Hoyce actually does have eleven submission wins in the UFC. It's just one of them was um, ruled a knockout submission to punches. Also, they don't. Uh, count so it. I'm assu- like I'm assuming they, that's what the UFC is basing this uh, this uh, you know this record breaking number on. So Hoyce is stuck at ten under their model, but. One of his submission wins was actually like not um, submission to punches. So, just a weird little tidbit of news or trivia fact. Um, yeah, no, Oliveira, one of the best submission fighters of all time. Imagine what he could do if he was like mentally tough or had a chin. <laughs> or or just fucking fought at the weight class he was freaking made to fight at. Right. <laughs> this is go up, just stay at fifty five. You get anybody on the ground, you know, you, you got a, a very likely chance that you're gonna right. win. Like you know what I think it is? I think Oliveira, when he got to the UFC, um, he got there pretty young. Yeah, he was like, yeah, he was early 20s. Like re- really early 20s. Uh, he was a string bean of a person, like, even more than now. Like, he was not, like, he had not been filled out at all, like, muscle-wise. He, he was basically skin and bones, right? He had only been fighting for, like, two years. He gets in there with Jim Miller instantly gets knee barred gets in there with Donald Cerrone gets his ass beat inside around so I'm so my thought process is Charles Oliveira thinks he's still that guy like the guy who got bullied by Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone you know what I mean uh, like he, he like in his mind he never actually filled out to the point where he was actually like a, a sizable, well, lightweight. So it makes sense to me that he thinks he should be fighting at featherweight, even though it is quite clearly not true. I hope somebody in that front office can tell him otherwise. Like, listen, bro, right. <laughs> we're not booking you any fights at forty-five. Like, you got you got to give him that Johnny Hendricks treatment. He just misses weight so many times. Like, listen. We just we can't do this. Anymore. Or if we book you at one forty five and you miss weight, we're taking ninety five percent of your check. Right. So you will leave here with uh, you know five hundred dollars and the memories. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's all you get. But either way, glad he broke the record. That was a pretty, it's a pretty awesome accomplishment. Yeah, especially nowadays, like, like you don't see a lot of like submission fighters. So. Right, and the fact that he can just still pull this off, and like people know like what he's gonna do, and you just you kind of can't stop it. Um, but yeah, that that was an awesome win. Uh, this next fight, 
Francisco Trinaldo, the 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 sixty year old, thirty year old, or however long he is, how old the he world's swollest <laughs> Brazilian lightweight. All right, <laughs> against Evan Dunham, um, and this was Evan Dunham's uh, retirement fight. Um, fortunately, did not go the way you know I, I think he would have hoped. But um, I mean, if you're retiring from any combat sport, you should leave on your back. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Business. Oh, no. <laughs> this was a little painful. This was... <laughs> yeah, no. This was... Uh, I think that's the hardest I've ever seen somebody knee somebody in the ribs. Yeah. Dude. Oof. Like... Yeah. Every ounce of his weight behind that thing. And it's like, <laughs> Trinaldo was countering a lot of the fight. So, like, had this fight ended, like, had I known it was going to end in a KO, I'd have figured, like, oh, he'll, like, counter done him with, like, a right hand or something. Oh, maybe, like, a TKO. Like, he'll stun him and then follow up. But, uh, like, Dunham, Dunham kept going in for, like, that one-two. And, my God, he paid for it with a knee that just killed his entire... It looked like when he went down, like, he, like, somebody had, like, stabbed him or something. Yes. That's exactly it. That, that, that is exactly <laughs> like, it. <laughs> like the pain, the just the anguish in his face. It just looked like somebody just took a katana and just hacked away at his midsection. Like it looked really bad. So, so the um, force from the knee pushes Dunham up in the air, and the referee, before Dunham even hits the ground, is stepping in to stop the fight. <laughs> yeah. Because he knows there is no way Evan Dunham's ribs have not been liquefied by that point. Yeah, it was oof. Like, he was <sighs> writhing around on the ground in, in severe pain for a while after that one. That's, that's a rough way to end your fight career. That is... I mean, at least it's memorable. I know he's... <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ever going to forget that. No, that's... That's that's the one of the most perfectly placed knees you'll, you'll ever see. Like, there's literally no way... Like, I even see it when it, when he landed it, because the, the camera angle, I'm like, oh, Dumb just collapsed. Right, <laughs> his, his body just gave up. He just, he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Like oh my god, I'm watching it now. He is he's like twitching. Yeah, like it it looks. He, bad. he has a thousand mile stare and he's just twitching. Like you'd have thought it was like a life threatening injury. I mean, I'm pretty sure in that second it probably was, but I I, I was relieved when he eventually got up. You know, he, he looked okay, but yeah, man, uh, Francisco Trinaldo. He's the new toughest dad at the barbecue. Um, he's taking your wife and your kids and your F-150 if you fight him at the barbecue. But, um, Jesus Christ, that was that was hard. But shout-outs to Trinaldo. <laughs> Epic knee. But uh, hats off to Dunham, man. Uh, really fun fight career. Um, I'll just always remember him for, like, that stretch he had when he first got in the UFC. And, like, at one point, he... For for one like small moment in time, it looked like he was gonna be that next guy, 
And then the Sean Shirk fight happened. And then I don't know what happened after that. Melvin Gordon need him. Oh, yeah. That did happen. <laughs> but he always put on fun fights. Dude, dude is just one of those crazy madmen who... It was kind of kind of crazy. Like, I didn't think he would stick around that long. But, like, he, he managed to stay in the game. He managed to keep his name relevant and still put on good fights for all these years. He, so. he is a... Dude, dude is a very good fighter. Like, yeah. he, like, all the losses on his resume, like TJ Grant, uh, Rafael Dos Santos, uh, Dos Santos, Don Cerrone, Edson Barboza, Melvin Gallard, Sean Shirk, yeah. Um, but, like, those are guys who at the time were literally the top of the division. Right. Like, he, he, he uh, <clears throat> the vet, depending on, like, where Olivier Umberne Mercier and Ends up, um, and like Trinaldo's like a top fifteen dude. Like he's a he is a very well put together, well um, adjusted lightweight. Like there are no scrubs on on, on in Evan uh, Dunham's like L column. Like he he lost to very good fighters. All right, and managed to like stay afloat in multiple eras, <laughs> like. Because the MMA completely changed since the time he started. Hey, dude, yeah, he's been in the UFC for almost ten years, right? Yeah, and he's he's managed to to stay afloat. So that 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 definitely says a lot about his talent and just you know how he was just able to stay around here for so long. But you know, shout out to him. I think I remember reading an interview because um, I, I knew this was his retirement fight. I think he was saying like he's focusing like a lot more on his gym. He likes training people, so. He'll he'll still be around the sport. Pretty sure he's got plenty of of knowledge to give. So best of luck to him and his post fight career. Um, next fight: Ryan Spann and uh, Luis uh, Enrique. I don't remember this fight in ton of detail, but I root for Ryan Spann because he was from LFA. Like I'm trying to determine if this is like like middle like a middleweight fight. Or just a low end, like light heavyweight fight, because it has elements of both in them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like Ryan's, yeah. Ryan Spann's self sabotage is like is basically the essence of what being a a, a mid tier mediocre light heavyweight heavyweight fighter is like. But then you have Luis Enrique, who fights like every. Freaking 2011 three and three middleweight in the UFC. <laughs> so I'm so I'm split here. Oh, I was just happy that Span got the win. Is he two one zero? Uh, in the UFC, I think this is his first fight. I thought he fought before. Right? He fought. Oh, was he? Oh, was he, he on? He fought in the contender series twice, and oh. neither one lasted more than thirty seconds. But he lost the first one. I was going through Span's record and like it, like no shame in the dudes he lost to, like Carl Robertson. Like yeah, he just lost, but he's obviously a tremendously talented, powerful dude. Trevin uh, Trevin Giles, who I think is two and zero in the UFC right now, uh, and looks like a really promising prospect. Robert Drysdale. I mean, no shame in losing to a dude who. Has just this wealth of um 
combat sports experience. And, like, uh, no shame in losing to Leo Lede. Uh Again, another dude who comes from, like, a, a lifetime of um, combat sports experience. So, like, you know, um, props to Span. Dude needs to learn how to not put himself in positions to lose, though. Because, he, he, in all honesty, he should have probably knocked Enrique out. I thought, wasn't Enrique bloody in the fight? I have a very bad memory of how this fight went. thought he bloodied him up a little bit. I don't remember. But I feel, I feel like it wasn't like the most exciting fight, but Span just did enough to win. Like, it was just a solid... By the end of it, it was kind of sloppy and... Yeah. yeah. It turned into a light heavyweight yeah. fight. <laughs> Pretty much. But Span got the win. Shout out to him. Uh... Next fight, which uh, started the uh, Fox Sports prelims, Augusto Sakai and Chase Talk Sherman. About and uh, when I <laughs> when I saw Sakai's name, I was like, "This guy's really familiar. I know him." He fought. I was like, "Oh, he was in yes, both." Yes, he's the dude who I don't even know how to explain it. Like he <laughs> he was somehow rounder than he is now. Um, he he got hit with every punch you threw at him. But he also threw, like, crazy knees from the clinch and was actually a really good leg kicker, which, at the time, was super rare at heavyweight. If, you ever, if you've ever done, like, heavyweight scouting reports or you know, just looked at, like, the dudes who get mentioned at heavyweight, they all look exactly the same. They all just hit really hard and can take you down and beat you up from the top. And Sakai kind of stood out because he was just like this dude who was like, you know what, I'm actually kickbox. Emphasis on kick. Not so much on box. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a fun fight though. Him and him and Chase Sherman put on a nice little heavyweight, you know, rock'em sock'em kind rock of fight. Rock'em sock'em slot vest. Yeah, that's that's what this Chase, was. Hey, Chase Sherman, always fun to watch. Um... He just never seems to end up on the right end of the stick. No. Like, he, ha- he has moments. Literally, the only dude he's ever ended up on the right end of the stick with is the guy who is always on the wrong end of the stick in Rashad culture. <laughs> Shout-outs to the goat. Literally the greatest heavyweight of all time. Shout-outs to the goat. Like, Chris Sherman probably will have a job forever in the UFC just because he's fun. But he's also 2-5. Division, man. Yeah, they they, they had a yeah. I I was because I remember. Well, I, I vaguely remember some of Sakai's fights in Bellator, and I feel like some of them weren't that great. Oh uh, no, a lot of them were terrible. Like his yeah, fight so, with um Czech Congo for starters. So I, it was good to see him. Like he was out there moving. You know, pretty pretty nimble big fella. <laughs> Out there, like nice combinations, like you said, he, they they were throwing, they were throwing. It was a very entertaining, just back and forth fight. Um, yeah, unfortunately for Sherman, you know, he just kind of got it poured on him, uh, and then that third round. But yeah, it was it was <coughs> a a nice heavyweight rock'em sock'em. I I was just happy that it wasn't like a super sloppy fight. Like I feel like this could have been. Oh worse. yeah, no, this could like. The fact that Sherman and uh, Sakai like, kept up a pace, uh, uh, that 
uh, Sherman, apparently there is a limit to how much damage Sherman can take while being super tired. Again, I think it's one of those fights where Sherman was just more tired than he was hurt. Yeah, because they kept a pretty hot pace. Yeah, like it, it got it got messy towards the end, but Zakai was keeping uh, was putting a lot of punches in Sherman's face. Yeah. So, but that 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 was a pretty pretty fun heavyweight scrap. So shout out to Sakai for coming over to the UFC and. I can't I, I can't front though, the, the ending sequence, where like. He he has to go from one side of um, Sherman to the other for inside control. He's just kind of mm-hmm. just taking his side because Sherman's just too tired to do anything. <laughs> and like he's trying, like he was trying to throw like elbows from the one side, and it wasn't working because Sherman would just grab his elbow. So he pinned the elbow on the other side and put his body weight on it as he turned, and then proceeded to elbow him from there. And Sherman was just too tired to react. <laughs> Poor Sherman, man. He just guy can't catch a break. Can't catch a break. But maybe they'll switch places. Maybe he'll end up in Bellator. I don't know. Jay Sherman's the vanilla gorilla can go anywhere he wants because people will tune in to watch him lose. Yeah. Whatever puts the checks on I mean, the table. It's all. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Yep. Gonna lose, might as well get paid. Exactly. But <laughs> heavyweight's the best division for that. Right. <laughs> Those are the uh the Fox Sports two prelims. Uh, moving on to the uh, fight pass prelims. Uh Sergio Marais and Ben Saunders. All I remember from this fight is Marais taking Saunders down. Um took him down, I think, in the first wasn't able to get a submission. Almost armbarred. Got him down in his... Yeah, it was at the very end of the Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. At the very end, yeah. He, he did almost get armbarred. Saunders got out of... Oh, the bell rang. Might have been the bell saved. Yeah, the bell saved him. Had he had, like, ten more seconds, that probably would have been over. But, uh, yeah, second round, he gets him down again. Um, I don't even remember the finishing sequence. I just know it was an arm triangle. And that, that, that was it. Yeah, basically. Um, Shouts to Ben Saunders, who in in the backstage after the fight went to Maurice and was like, can you show me how you finished me? Just just stood in the game. You can can never learn too much. Also, shout to Maurice, who is just quietly putting together a really good UFC career. I think he's like 6-2 or 7-2 now in the UFC. Another dude who came in pretty much like just a specialist. You know, he I mean he pretty much is a you know, you, you know what his game plan is. But like sometimes guys like that don't always pan out. Right. But he's managed to he's managed to keep himself around. Oh, he's eight and two in the UFC. God damn. Mm. Um Yeah, no, like the only people he's lost to were Cesar Ferreira in the tough finale. Um, and Kamaru Usman, and there's no shame in losing to Usman, like, so, um, another, like, funny that he was saying that he was going to test Ben Saunders' chin in this fight, 
Because that that immediately just shows all he's going to take him down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I'd be down for a fight between Maurice and uh, Damian Maya. Like he needs a top ten opponent. He 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 laid the groundwork by saying, "I have the best jujitsu in MMA." Like, uh, let's get it. They, they're they're both almost well. Maya is forty. Sergio Maurice is like thirty six. Like it's perfect. And if you get past that, you know, well, I don't know how far they really push him, but. <laughs> I'm not gonna get ahead of myself, but no, yeah, that I'm I'm definitely down for that. I'm definitely. It'll down be for the that. world's sloppiest kickboxing match, but I'm with it. What's scary is it could end up being that for three rounds. Yeah, it's fine, as long as it's not the main event. <laughs> Hold on, Marais has knocked somebody else before, yeah. hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, um, he's knocked out with his face. Uh, Omar Akhmedov. Yeah, I think he slept. Like he, he also slept. got slept. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. But, uh, shout out to Sergio. Uh, next fight, which only lasted, uh, yeah, I almost made it to the second. Not quite. Uh, Maria, not Maria. Mara? Was it Mar- Mara? 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 Mara Bueno Silva and Jillian Robertson. Um, I think this was Mara's debut in the UFC. Came out pretty aggressive. Uh, <laughs> was looking to strike, trying, trying to put some paws on. Um, I was impressed that she just she she was doing good on the feet. Jillian would take her down, and she got caught in some bad spots and managed to get out. Um, and she just kind of just kept pushing forward, just trying to bring the action. And that that armbar, man, was, was pretty vicious. Yeah, that um, has some torque. Yeah, like, limbs aren't supposed to bend that much. Um, like, that, that looked really bad. And was this a fight? I can't remember. I think this was a fight. I felt really bad afterwards. Was she the one who yes. cried afterwards? Oh, yeah, that... Ah, Someone terrible. posted the picture to Reddit, and the first two comments are like, "Damn, that's actually sad." And it says, "Alexa, play Face the Pain." Yeah, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> you ended the internet, man. You got so ruthless. <laughs> no, I felt bad for her though, cause like she, she was having good moments in the fight. Dude, she looked like, great. Like. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me rephrase. She looked great when it came to the wrestling and grappling, because when she was standing, like, yeah, she, she yeah, does yeah. not look like somebody who's been fighting amateur or pro for, like, five years. She she was just straight up running into punches. Um, just, like, she looked completely uncomfortable. Like, like that she like she doesn't get enough like sparring time in or something. It's really weird. But uh, she was doing great on the mat, uh, up up until the armbar. And had she held out for five more seconds, she would have won, because it turns out after the fight, uh, Bueno Silva's leg 
had just completely stopped working. Yeah, like she could she could barely stand. They had to like hold her yep. up. After after the, I don't even know like what injured that or like how that. I'm, I'm assuming it's something that happened along the fence when she went for the um the armbar. But either way, she she went home with a limb. Uh, so shout out to uh, Mara, great great debut, great way to, to to leave a good first impression. Uh, next fight, Tyler Flatus, Hector Lombard. All I could think when I was watching this, I was like, at one point in both of these guys' careers, you guys were regarded as, like, the top of your class. And now you're on a flight path prelim. It's weird. It's just weird just how people... I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, now that I mentioned it, like, okay, Eliza uh, Zaleski Dos Santos, okay, whatever. He's on the flight path prelim, despite the fact that he, he's amazing and everybody should love him. Um... Hector Lombard and like Tyler's latest fought for the title, right? <laughs> I think he fought in the main event against Michael Bisbing on like Fight Pass before, and Hector Lombard has been on TV for like how many years now? And for how many pay per views? Like, right. why are they not even the main event on a Fight Pass prelim? Yeah, like the, the, the placement was. Was, was kind yeah, of weird. Tyler Blaze is retiring. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not from Sao Paulo, but he's, the card's in Brazil. Right, and you put the man on a... <laughs> you put the man on, like, on the third fight on the card when no one's in the building. Like, you could have threw him... No, uh, yeah, you could have took a, at least one of the Fox Sports 2 prelim spots, at least. He could have took one of those, but no. Oh, when something happened, I can't hear you. I can hear you sound really low. Crap. There we go. Now I hear you. Um, like all respect to Chase Sherman and Augusta Sakai and Ryan Spann and Luis Enrique, but like, um. Lightest and Lombard probably should have been on TV over them. Matter of fact, they should have been over them, uh, over Randa Marcos and Marino Rodriguez as well. Like, it's really weird. But, I honestly don't remember this fight in a ton of detail other than, other than, <laughs> I remember Hector Lombard landing that, that leg kick to, like, the side of his knee, and at one point, <laughs> the camera, like, Shows like the side of Lathes' knee, and it looked like an extra. It looked like her head was growing out of like his leg. It was really disturbing. Yeah, that was um, weird because um, when I tuned, like I hadn't watched that. I wasn't watching it live. Like I was kind of doing something else at the time, so I kind of glanced over uh, at the fight, and I looked down, and it's like there was like a third. It looked like a head was popping out of his trunks. Like he was giving birth or something. <laughs> I'm just like, what is happening here? Yeah, it was it was it was strange. But then had Lombard, he got bloodied up. I think he, he caught a couple straight. Yeah, in typical Lombard his, fashion. His, yeah, his his eye was his eye was going through it. <laughs> that eye was going through it. 
Um, so like Lombard is still like this amazing athlete, right? Because he, he's super explosive and shit. Like what? What? I don't feel like the lumbar of five years ago would be losing fights like this. So what? What's the hmm. deal? I don't know. He. I don't know. It's like he. <laughs> the thing is, like earlier in his career, he was the blitz you throw a thousand you know throw a thousand punches i'm gonna get you out of there and then bellator he got away with that because people just nobody could keep up with his power or his athleticism you get to the ufc competition level raises can't kind of fight like that anymore so i feel like i don't know like he tried to like adjust his game because it wasn't working anymore but like he never fully found his footing like Nah, I don't know. Maybe he can't take a punch like he used to. But, like... I, I feel like he should, he should be winning at least a little bit more than he actually is. Which is not at all. Like, this is his sixth loss in a row. Jesus. Mind you, one of them was because he hit CB Dalloway after the bell. <laughs> but like you lose to Johnny Hendricks. In all fairness, that was like the last good performance of Johnny Hendricks' career. Maybe which might be reborn in like the bare knuckle fighting league, but it's it's just odd. Like in the way he loses, like he either goes out there and like gases in the third or in the second and third round like he did here or like he did against Neil Magny or Anthony Smith or it's just completely freaking bizarre like he gets back elbowed by freaking Dan Henderson <laughs> or disqualified fighting CB Holloway <laughs> yeah he, he's <laughs> what is it with these Bellator guys and these strange just career trajectories like I feel like him and Will Brooks just had like the weirdest UFC. You spend your career fighting in the American. Yeah, I do. But you know, these Talos leaders, he ended his career with a win. Um, so shout outs to him. Like I said, pretty consistent middleweight throughout the years. You know, even found his way into a title shot. Um, and then kind of had like a mini resurgence, um, I would say, and kept kept himself relevant. Uh, another guy who, for for all intents and purposes, you know, kept afloat during like multiple eras. Yeah, he, he, he almost he, beat Bisbing. Yeah, and I'm a Bisbing fan, and that fight was nervously close for me. <laughs> fight was way too close. But yeah, man, dude, dude is, dude, dude, dude was a stud for a long time. So shout shout outs to him. Uh, best of luck in his post-fight career. Uh, next fight, man. I'm really excited about these next two fights. These both both of these fights made me really happy. Uh, Zaleski Dos Santos and Luigi uh, Vendramini. Uh, Luigi replaced uh, Bilal Muhammad. Um, came in on very short notice. Had a, had a decent first round. Um, he managed to take uh, Zaleski's back. Tried to sink in a rear naked choke. Couldn't get it quite in under the chin. Um, 
After that, Zaleski did a lot of Zaleski things. Flashy kicks. <laughs> yeah, you know. You, you know what Zaleski does if you've watched him fight before. Um, the ending sequence was kind of <laughs> bizarre because Luigi, like, threw, like, a leg kick. And I don't know if, like, he just landed awkward or something, but it looked like he, like, hurt himself. And he started to, like, back up. And Zaleski realized he was hurt. And he went in and landed a flying knee <laughs> on poor Luigi and followed that up with like a right hand and like Luigi's leg like buckled backwards. And you, you know when the leg buckles backwards, it's, it's, you normally don't come back from that. And uh, yeah, he got, he got the finish. Um, I didn't hear it. <laughs> I saw people saying he, he called out Robbie Lawler in, in the post fight. Oh, he did. So, um... Hey man, I mean, even if it's not Robbie, I I think at this point, Zaleski's performance kind of warrant. Like he's another guy. Like, you know, U Usman was a guy in that pack who was kind of breaking his, making his way up, trying to get a big fight. I think Zaleski's now in like that similar position to where like his performances have been impressive enough that I think it's about time he uh we we give him one of those names and, and let's see let's see what he can do. The man is out here just gathering up bonuses. He's on a six-fight winning streak. He stopped half his opponents. He stopped Sean Strickland. Six-foot, like, 12 Sean Strickland with a spinning hook kick to the head. <laughs> like, what do you need to put this man on TV? Right. Like, this flying knee, like, way more people should have saw this. And you stash him on the the second fight of a fight pass prelim. Yeah, like, when, like, the only people in the arena are, like, the cornermen and, like, the cassette. Climb the cage after the fight and looked around. And you can see, like, you can see the moment he realized there's nobody there to see the fight. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, ho hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. Um, ho hopefully this turns some, some heads... And ho hopefully they, they, you know, get, get, get this man his respect. And, and the next time we see him, he needs to be on a on a main card somewhere. Yep. Yep. So, we'll we'll see. We'll Looking see. at this first fight uh, or the last fight we're going to talk about, it just struck me. This card was constructed hella weird, and I get why because it, it was literally pasted together from the remnants of. Literally every fight on it falling apart. <laughs> like, Ryan Spann is only here because Mark Godbeard couldn't make it. Um, Luigi Vendramini is replacing uh, Bilal Mohammed. Neil Magny was supposed to be in the co-main event. Like, a whole fight got... Like, two whole fights got strapped, uh, like scrapped. Like, Ketlin Vieira was supposed to fight uh, Tanya, uh, Tanya Enviger. Antonio Carlos De Sil uh, Jr., was supposed to fight last year, Daru. That's like I pushed back like three right. times. Right, like, <laughs> like yeah. So like, but at the same time, like, you you have like this card, and it's not a terrible card for fight night. But like, you do a little bit of rearranging, and you, you put some of these fight like like you you mix and match with these opponents a little better, because in the opener for tonight we had Livia Hanada Souza. 
for those who don't know, who was the Invicta FC strawweight champion fighting Alex Chambers, who um, who is like, I want to say, one in, who's entering this fight one in three in the UFC. Like, or I respect the crap out of Alex Chambers, but she is not good. Why didn't she get um, Marina? Why didn't they match her up with Marina Rodriguez and do Livia Hanna-Souza versus Randa Marcos? I don't know. Maybe they, you know, Livia in the backyard. Maybe they just wanted to ensure, like, this is a guaranteed W. If if that's the case, she should have been on TV, and they should have been on fight. (laughs) They're like my, and I'll you know, I I won't harp on the UFC too much in terms of like this card went through a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. So yeah, no, I get it. They they patched it. Yeah, but yeah, my my problem wasn't the matchups. Yeah, it was just like the arrangement of fights. Like some of these fights, just where they were placed, didn't seem to. It didn't make sense. Like uh, we said, like Zaleski should not be on fight pass prelims. At, at at worst, he should have maybe like headlined the Fox Sports prelims at least. Um, yeah, like the ordering of these fights was just kind of out of whack. Like uh, it it was like somebody just kind of. I mean, the timing of them <laughs> was weird too because like, why did they start at eight thirty and ten thirty Eastern time? I think it. Was, I think it was because of college Ew. football. Yeah. Because, so. um, yeah, because it was weird because the, the card was on, I can't remember what teams were playing. But, yeah, there was a there was a football game on, and it was still the fourth quarter, and it was like 10 o'clock. So, something weird like that. I, I'm, I think that's why I started at 1030. But, um, no, Hanato Souza, though, um, uh, blasted <laughs> Alex Chambers. Um, like straight out the gate, caught her with a right hand, backed her up, so, swarmed her, down, got on top, got the guillotine, guillotine, and just yeah. And like if, if you guys don't know, Hanada uh, Souza uh, has been over an Invicta prior to this for a while, putting in work. Her only loss was in, to an, an Invicta was a split decision to Angela Hill, um, which was a very close fight. Um, she she's a beast, man. She she has taken some souls. Um. Uh, what's it? What, what's her name? Was it Yamasaki? Hamasaki? Ayaka Hamasaki. Yeah, yeah. Put her out, like, <laughs> like, like out, out. It, yeah, like it was bad. It was bad. I, I, I was, I've been waiting for Souza to come over. I'm, I'm glad she's finally here, and she definitely made a good, good first impression. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to like how they match her up and uh. Just seeing what she does in the future, man, because she, she's really, really talented. So, shout-outs to her. Um, and that was UFC Sao Paulo. Pretty, like I said, pretty solid card. They had to do a lot of patchwork <laughs> just to keep this card intact. So, like, all things considered, um, it was pretty good, this, man. It's probably the best uh, uh, Brazil fight that we had in a minute. And you got... Signs, but I mean, you got you know people like Souza, you know, a, a new face to to look out for. Um, even though he was stashed on the prelim, just 
further proof of Zaleski just being awesome. And ho hopefully that will lead to him getting better placement on these cards. He should just be boring. <laughs> I, I mean, then think about it. It worked for Sam Alvey. <laughs> just his next fight, Wallen saw. Exactly. <laughs> you know, we saw the end of some careers, you know. Had some retirements going on. We, we saw, I don't even know if Nog is an old lion. Is there something older than that? I don't know. Hey, Alexi Olenek is still out here at 50 years old. <laughs> you know, we, we saw legends out here come out and get W's. Um, you know, we saw Cowboy do Cowboy things. So, And the main event, which got flipped and flopped 30 different times and still turned out to be pretty awesome. I mean, if uh, we're being real, this was a better fight than what was going to be the original main event. Like, do you do you really want to see Jimmy Manuel versus Glover Teixeira? Yeah, yeah, well, we didn't know. That was just, a couple years was, ago. Couple years ago, that would've been great. That was just mean. <laughs> yeah, but pretty pretty good card though like and this rounded out what was a pretty good just overall weekend of really good fights like between this one bellator uh joshua fight pretty sure elephase card was pretty good um just really good weekend stretch of fights so if you did not get a chance to catch any of these go back watch some highlights catch some of these fights definitely entertaining lots of finishes to go around um but yeah that's pretty much it for the fights. We covered a lot. We're almost at three hours. <laughs> we're about two hours and 48 minutes. Uh, but we, we had a lot to cover. It was a lot to get through. Because um, a lot of the just news happened since the last time we recorded. Um, but yeah. That's it for the fights. So we will move on to closing with uh, parting shots and shout outs. Um... I feel like I had a shout out, and now I, I don't remember who I wanted to the shout out. And I don't want to not shout out anybody. Um, I don't know. Shout out to Tiger Woods. He, he won a tournament today. <laughs> uh, so shout. Oh no! Shout out to the Detroit Lions who just beat the Patriots twenty six to ten. Well, don't the Patriots suck now that they, their steroid guy is gone? I mean, they're still the Patriots though. No, the Lions are terrible though. Like the Lions are god awful. So, um, shout out to the Detroit Lions for beating the, uh, I feel like there was somebody else. I'm definitely missing somebody. Um, I saw, I saw something earlier, um, this, this year, some years ago, BJ Penn beat, uh, Matt Hughes for the, the welterweight title. Shout, shout out to BJ Penn. Um, <laughs> I guess, uh, all people we made find out in this episode. episode. Right, <laughs> and, and and just to reiterate, just rest in peace, man, to to kid Yamamoto. That that's this is gonna hurt me for a while. I I just go back and watch his highlights, and it makes me sad, but happy because he was awesome. But uh, just shout outs to him. You know, con condolences to his family, and and friends and loved ones. Um. Just, just, just go watch some kid fights this weekend, or well, well, the weekend will be over by the time you guys hear this. But just, just go watch some kid fights, man. You'll, you'll have a good time. For real.
And shout out to the the rising card that um, that'll be coming soon. I forgot what day was that in a couple. Uh, of that hours? is on uh, the rising card will be on September thirtieth. It'll be available on Fight TV. Okay. Um, I think it's oh, I think it'll be like fifteen twenty bucks. Um, oh, speaking of which, uh, Hamasaki's gonna be fighting on that card. Hmm. So, small world. God, I just, just a whole bunch I'll, of I'll just backs. <laughs> God, I'll let you go. I had a shout out. It just came to me and I can. Uh, so I got no, someone's just shout out, but rest in peace again, Ken Yamamoto, and also rest in peace to Glenn Robinson, um, the founder of or one of the founders of, of the Black Zillions, which is no which no longer exists, but um, uh, he passed away this week as well. Um, some of you might remember him from the tough season of uh, was it tough. Uh, Black Zillion's Rookie. Um, so, rest in peace to him. Um, and not a shout out, or again, not a shout out or a shot, but um, pr- prayers for um, the R- Ray Borg and his family. Um, the, uh, he just tweeted out that his, his newborn is going to be heading in for his fourth surgery. Uh, the stunt that they had in his brain didn't hold. So, I hope everything turns out right there. Yeah, definitely best of luck to him. Okay, yeah, now, now I remember my, my shout-out. Uh, it, it was just not sports-related. That's why I couldn't remember it. Uh, shout-out to all the great albums that have come out lately. Uh, in specific, No Name, Room 25, and Lupe Fiasco, Droga's Waves. Um, two really, 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 really awesome projects that if you're a hip-hop fan, you should listen to. And I will be reviewing them very soon. I actually just wrote the reviews both today. I'll probably be recording those tomorrow, which means by the time you guys hear this, they probably will already have been recorded. One of them will probably already be out. But, um, shout out to those two. Really, really good. Really good music. Um, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh, all we got for the week. Um, I don't think there's a UFC card this weekend, but Bellator is this weekend. On the zone. Yeah. Yeah. So, so- if you don't have your zone description... I said description, subscription. Uh, you can get your free 30-day trial, which I still need to do. So uh, sign up for the zone, do the free trial, um, so you can watch uh, the Bellator card upcoming, which is actually a pretty good card. And this this kicks off the welterweight tournament, um, which is honestly like pretty exciting, man. Like it's it's I, I like. I mean, I mean, I know Bellator's done it in the past, but I like this welterweight tournament. Uh, Lots of good fights, lots of good matchups. And I mean, in this card, Gegard Mousasi, Roy McDonald. Um, I, I know I, I rag on the old guys, but, you know, if, if that's your thing, Rampage and, and, and Vanderlei for the 80th time. Lehman Korshkov, uh, Andre, uh, Aaron Pico and Leandro Higo. Um, Karyan, uh Taylor Melendez is fighting. Lots of good stuff is going on on this card. Amber Labrock is on this card. Um, Gaston Bellanos is what this is this is just there's a lot a lot of good going on this card. Definitely one worth watching. So if you have not signed up for the zone yet, uh, I know I'm included in that boat. Uh, go ahead and do the thirty day trial because you you don't want to miss this card. It, it looks like this this will be pretty pretty fun. Pretty fun and good good happenings going on. But that's all we got for today. 
This has been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. As always, you can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, your phone, iTunes. Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Um, check us out at Dojo Talk Facebook page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei. And as always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, we will be there to talk about it. And we will catch you guys soon.